guys, welcome back to the What's Next podcast. Coming to you from the Livewell Studios right here in Monterey, California. Today we've got a special guest today. You're going to have to help me out uh, with your name a little bit, Manica. Yep, you, Manica. You, Manica, you Kinda got like it. Kind of like Monica, but with an E in there. It's sort of, yeah. It's, yeah, I tell people it's like Monica, and then people can put it in their brains. Right. Perfect. So uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Montreal, Canada. Oh, no kidding. So land of the snow. Canadian. I am Canadian, eh? Hey. <laughs> but now I'm dual citizen because I've been in the U.S. for okay. 30 years now. Have you? Almost 30 years. Yeah. yeah. In right, September, right. it'll be 30 years. And where does the time go? Crazy. So you just got out of high school and you took off and went off to college? Or no, it was never a direct route. No, never a direct. <laughs> no. So like um, we do like this, the education of the province of Quebec is different. So I did kind of an education between high school and university I see. called CJEP in Montreal. And then I did my undergrad in physiology and then I was ready to work. So I decided, okay, I want to become an accountant, become a CPA. And then I started going down that path, started to work for Ernst & Young, realized, oh, my God, I hate this. <laughs> Had a sister, a younger sister doing uh, physical therapy, studying, and a good friend from undergrad also doing physical therapy. So I moved to the U.S. Oh, okay. I see. And um, because you could get a more elevated degree at the time. I see. Yeah. And that's what brought me to the U.S. So the CPA and all that schooling, that was all up in Canada. Uh, yeah. 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 So yeah. where was your where your sister, you said? Where was she? Um, yeah, she, she was, was uh, we went to the same university. She uh, was a grade below me. And then she, she switched to physiotherapy, as it's called, and everywhere else outside the U.S. And um, but she moved to U- the U.S. after she graduated. Oh, but just, okay. So just physiotherapy. Physiotherapy, yes. yes. So if you hear it in other countries, it means physical therapy here. Okay, sure. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I did a three-year degree in Rhode Island, and then uh, I did a bunch of contracts in all over the place for two years, and ended up in the West. Yeah, between a couple where my sister lived, and then I ended up living in the West near Seattle. Okay. Yeah. So you got your physio Physical degree, license degree, and license in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that now? Um, it's very uh, close to massage. We're. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least in the healthcare field sure. and taking care of patients. Yeah, I, f- I graduated in 95, so it's like 27 years now. Okay. Which is also like, right. you know, it feels like yesterday when I was in grad school. Right. Is there letters like, I'm a, I'm a C- CMT? I'm an MSPT. Oh, I see. Okay, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but now, <laughs> There's like, a bunch I'm, of letters in there somewhere. Yeah, now they do got doctorates. So, oh, do they? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They'll take as far as you want. Yep, yep. So I'm not Dr. Menica, I'm just Menica. Right, right, sure. <laughs> not yet. We're working on it. That's right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. I don't know a whole lot about physical therapy. Um, I came into the game just, I went from um, owning small businesses, construction. I was looking for something that I could, you know, help people, and I kind of fell into massage. But I just, I haven't been injured enough in my life to have needed any physical therapy, or I did, and I just didn't do it. Right. So the best patient. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. You know. So. So yeah, I kind of took more of the inpatient route, which is less known by just like the average person, uh-huh. unless they've been in the hospital and they needed rehab. So most people know physical therapy is an outpatient clinic. So I see. you know, you go, you go, you fix your shoulder, your back, uh, but. 
I kind of stuck into inpatient rehab, so and also working in hospitals primarily. So people in the hospital that are just needing to get moving, and then rehab. I've worked in hospitals and nursing homes, and uh, where people are just not ready to go home yet. They're medically cleared from the hospital, so the hospital's like, you got to leave but they're not ready to get home safely. So we do more rehab and that'll be, you know, usually a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, and sometimes a speech therapist. Oh, wow. So they'll get uh, at least, you know, depending on the setting, two to three hours a day of, of therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're right. I do think about physical therapy as an outpatient type thing. And you have, you know, I have to go to my PT mm-hmm. two, three times a week or whatever it is. And they assign you different uh, exercises or stretches or that type of thing for you to take home and work on your own. Right. But if you're dealing with people right in the hospital, you're probably dealing with a little bit harder cases. Yeah. Right. And Eight. it's, <laughs> yeah. And so typically it's not one joint. Like it's, it's like get them being able to get in and out of bed safely. I see. Uh, sometimes they have certain surgeries that requires them, like if they had a back surgery or a heart surgery and they have to come in and out of bed or stand up a certain way not to break, you know, the surgery points. And people are dealing, if you had a total knee replacement and it's super painful and you couldn't go home right away, then you might need some rehab so that you can get out of bed and you can walk and you get to the bathroom and things like that. Some of the basic things. So then, kind of like rehab therapy. It is. Almost. It is. Yeah, it's, it is getting rehab them out therapy. Of the bed, getting them out of their chair, and getting them actually moving again. Totally. Totally. Oof, yeah. That's all the joints, huh? Yeah. Exactly. It's the whole body. Yeah. And you know they may have specific things like a back surgery or a knee surgery or a hip surgery, and then sometimes you know a hip like they may have fallen, broken a hip, and or broken a foot, and they're not allowed to use their foot. And they have to learn to hop. And when if some of them, if they're 80, 90 years old, that's not going to be easy or possible. Right. So you have to really work with them. And sometimes there's elements of dementia. And, and if people have had major strokes, there could be cognitive changes. So you're working with a lot of different things. Um, wow. But it's always like the rehab has always been really great because it's such a team approach. And uh, I love that part really, of it. Yeah. Really. You know, the one thing that I like about the medical massage that I do mm-hmm. is I see people long term mm-hmm. and I see them come out of a funk. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, I know you know what I mean because you, you know, you see totally. it too. You know, you get somebody that's down and wearing dark clothes. <laughs> and two months later, they're moving, they're wearing, they got their makeup back on again. They're, you right. know, and it's like, oh, I feel great. And you know, you had a little bit of a piece to do with that. Yeah, and that's the part that's really gratifying. Right. You know, when you see the improvements. And then sometimes you have to be their cheerleader because they're like, well, that's not walking. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, I count that. Yesterday, you couldn't take any steps. Today, you walk 10 feet, and that matters. You're you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. You're getting those attaboys. Yeah, basically. People need that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they are depressed. Sure. They are like, and sometimes, you know, they feel this is, you know, some people have had really, really um, traumatic, you know, strokes or um, traumatic accidents, head injuries, things Mm. like that, that can often change their lives. Mm. So um, there's a lot that they're having to go through, including pain, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time. So it's, uh, yeah, you're treating the whole person, the whole body, the mental, the emotional 
it's uh, pretty comprehensive. Chain, uh, uh, pain really changes somebody. Oh, totally. It just changes their whole person. Right, exactly. It's, uh, and uh, when I see somebody that's that's come out and they're you know feeling so much better, it's like, oh, he fixed my back, he got walking straight again. I mm-hmm. wasn't able to go to the ball games that I love to go to. I wasn't able to do this. And, mm-hmm. You know, you got me back on my feet. It's just the best thing ever, isn't it? It is, it is. But some t- because I'm mostly in the inpatient, usually what we try to do is get them to the next phase uh-huh. and get them home, whether somebody's going to take care of them. Sometimes they do have to go to long-term care once sure. in a while, depending right. on what's, you know, the age and the situation and the family support and how sure. much help they're going to need. So often, you know, you don't see the fine-tuning of it, which will happen in outpatient or home care, mm. uh, where they get to maybe come off the walker. And start I to see. walk with a cane, and then eventually not a cane, depending sure. on the person. So, right, I know hospitals have that that part where after surgery you go to the rehab mm-hmm. before you go home, where they're trying to teach you a little bit of how to be now that you're missing a leg or whatever. You know, right, right. And so I know that, but uh, still, they get sent out a little too quick. They are because yeah, having been in it for twenty seven years, you know, like. This part is like like knee surgeries, total hips and total knees have become like day surgeries. And when I started out, like you stayed in the hospital for three days and probably most people went home, but a lot of people went to rehab. Sure. Now it's like, I mean, when my friend's husband went for a day surgery and went home, I'm like, what? That was the first time I heard it. Like a few years ago, I'm like... Where they date? went in with scopes and didn't have to cut them open. No, no, no. And just... uh, no the replacement. So they had to cut oh, in did. and put oh, a okay. replacement. And it's like. And a, even then they sent them right a home. A day surgery. What the wow. heck? I hope the techniques are better. Or, yeah, but, right. you know, I'm just thinking, you know, it's all about, you know, a lot of the ortho surgeries are what run the hospitals, like mm, financially. Right. And it's just like, it's all about like speed and. You know, getting people out, and it's a little bit horrifying to me. It is. That's quite a trauma to that yeah, joint. Exactly. You know, to, all right, send you home. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. It's more, mostly an insurance thing, probably. Yeah, you know, but I guess they have to also be careful. The techniques must be better, too, and maybe the, um, you know, the surgical techniques, maybe they've improved, and, and probably, hopefully, the actual prosthesis that they put inside has improved in, you know, two and a half decades, I would hope, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully some of that is helping accelerate the healing, accelerate, you know, the whole process. Yeah. Uh, but it's still horrifying. Crazy. Because <laughs> they're put under, and it's like, what? You're going to send them home? <laughs> they're still a little <laughs> wobbly when they're walking out huh? from yeah. the anesthetic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, some people don't have people at home That's, to take care of them. That's the scary part, right? Right. So in that case, you know, like the therapists are often involved, you know, we're, we're involved, like even at the hospital level, like, you know, if they day of surgery, we have to go see them. And if in our opinion, we see how they're moving, we really think, you know, they don't have the family support or maybe medically or pain-wise, you know, they're just not moving the way they need to to get home safely. Mm-hmm. Then we will recommend, you know, maybe they'll be able to stay another couple of days in the hospital. And if that's still not working out, then they'll have to go to a rehab. Facility. Yeah. So whether that's in-house, you know, and, oh. and in-house can be 
um, you know, inpatient rehab, usually all major, well, not all major hospitals, most, there's not in every single hospital, a rehab center. And sometimes they're physically in the hospital. Sometimes they're in a different building or a different even street. I've worked in rehabs that were in a different place, but related to that particular hospital. And then sometimes, um, sometimes they'll go to a nursing home and get rehab there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And they have people right on staff there. Um, correct. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's just it can be a little rough going in the nursing homes because yeah. the ratios aren't. They kept pulling like during my career, like Medicare kept pulling out and pulling out money, so it became a very very fast paced environment where they expect you to see zillion patients bill for a ton, and it's like almost impossible. But it's not the same environment. It's mm-hmm. I try not to work there because I don't have that pace in me anymore, mm-hmm. really. So. Um, It can be really tough. I think from a massage therapist point of view, what I see mostly from people that are are seeing um, a therapist is they get a bunch of these difficult stretches and workouts, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it hurts so bad they don't end up doing them. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, you know, they're hurting me, or I don't know if they know what they're doing. It's like, you kind of have to muscle through it, but again, pain Nobody right. wants to go, you know, in pain. Yeah, I haven't. What's, how big of that of a problem is that for you? Well, I in in inpatient, you're right there with them. You don't. They, oh, that's they true. Don't, they don't true, often. True. Sometimes right. you know the more motivated ones. We say, oh, you can do these on your own, right? Oh, yeah. And they'll do that, right? Of course. Sure. But most of the time, you're one on one with them. Okay. And you're or sometimes there's some groups. So you're right there. You're their coach. You're their lead. You know, like. You know, and sometimes they're trying not to do it. So then that becomes, well, no, we, this is why you're here. We really have to work with you. And sometimes, but they also have the right to say no. Sure. But sometimes it is hard, you know, to, you know, and you have a set schedule. And then if somebody adamantly refuses, you really can't force them. Yeah. They have rights. And right. I, you know, I respect that. And then, you know, your whole schedule is all kind of crazy, but they have rights. And I'm, I'm very much a proponent that patients have rights. Yeah. So... Um, but you'll you'll run into that um, sometimes, and there's just some people that can just work through the pain, and some people that can't, and you know, some people that are just so, oh, hey, I want to get out of here. I will do anything you say, and I, I usually have to say, <laughs> I want you like I always want people empowered, and I want them to say, hey, if something's not working for you, you've got to tell me because I want them to be also have a sense of control, not give away everything to just because. You know, medical professionals are an authority and they should do that because that was always been a really important thing for me. You know, and sometimes the older patients, like especially women, even as a new therapist, they would say, hey, if there's something that's not working for you, this is your life and you have to live by the consequences. So you've got to speak up. You know, because sometimes people get into automatic, you know, like I try not to be that way. And so, you know, You've got to really just tune in to the patient. I've always just, you know, tell patients, hey, you know, we're going to work in the moment. Some days are going to be better than others. We're going to take it step by step. And, you know, this is what I'd like to do. But if it's not going to work out today, that's fine. Not put any pressure on them or anything like that. Exactly. And that usually, for the most part, you know, it'll get people going because sometimes they're really terrified. And it's like. We'll just work in the moment. You have right. a headache today or your pain's more, it's worse, or you're not eligible for a pain mm-hmm. pill for an hour. 
we're just going to work at where you are and we'll just do the best you can. Mm -hmm. And that usually will, you know, help. Yeah. There's, uh, being a, I I do a lot of trigger point therapy Mm -hmm. and it causes a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And I know some people don't come back, you know, um, but other people, it might take two or three days to get those shoulders or whatever mm-hmm. so locked up to let go mm-hmm. and really have to get in there inside of that joint and really find where everything's bound up and oh i can see them just <laughs> and, but we got to get to it you right know, i was one of those understand people. and some people don't i get it yeah. but i was jumping off the table sure yeah uh, what you came in for i think you had I just, some bad feet didn't you um well but i came in for an overall Overall okay, right, complete right. thing. Yeah. It's been a while, and I'm, I'm doing a contract out here, so yeah. it actually ends in a week and a half. Okay. But, yeah, so, yeah, I like to just get, like, massages once in a while, and just, it had been a while, yeah. so. Yeah, really had to drill into some spots, didn't we? There, were, there was a lot of them. <laughs> you probably could have gone way more, but yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's that first time in, we just got to be, just, I'm sure that's exactly what you do, take yeah. it to where some people can take it. Right, some right. Some people go harder mm-hmm. some people are tapping out right <laughs> so you kind of have to gauge that a little bit too exactly exactly but, uh, i have to get in there and cause pain right we have to understand that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this isn't a spa massage right so exactly i want results uh, right <laughs> within not my a tolerance masochist. right <laughs> tell me again. i said within my tolerance you know? right 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 so, you yeah. keep it within the but i can actually feel them letting go you know, I'm sure you do that too. You're stretching and getting mm-hmm. things moving around, and I absolutely right. love it. You know, yeah. just to help. The people have been locked up for years. I've been able to turn their neck mm-hmm. and get them moving again, and they're just so happy. Yeah, it's like, a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, if I were super wealthy, I'd get a massage once a week. Yeah, right. Seriously, like everybody <laughs> needs that. Like. Sure, right. It's uh, it, it's yeah, it's it's nice to. Uh, go out and get a medical massage once in a while right you know it's not it's not as foo-foo as you know the spa massage but you really kind of need to do that every once in a while oh yeah i want to be looser yeah because i do a lot of sports and things so oh do you yeah well i run and i do do strengthening and then i hike when i can and i'll probably bike when i head back up north because i don't have my bike down here so tell me you're on a contract correct do you where do you call home um, a little north of Seattle, Bothell, oh, Washington. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I haven't been up that far. It sounds absolutely beautiful. It is. It is. Yeah. But they've had an exceptionally rainy season, more than normal. So, yeah. so I missed half the, the ski season because a oh, whole no. bunch happened in April of sure, all months. Right. But then I so needed the sun. That's when I got here, like April second. Yeah. And it was so sunny. It was like, oh. Not a lot of sun up there, huh? Not this year, especially. No. Yeah. So they're still like having rain. Like it's July. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you missed your ski season, huh? Well, my sister did. Yeah. She did as much skiing in April as I did in the entire season. Because nice. a whole bunch of weird things happened, right. like closing down. Like it snowed so many feet. And then there was so much snow that they had to close the pass and by the t- because there were little avalanches all around the major pass and then by the time they got it open a few days later a heat wave came in 
and it rained, and it was like, it was such a waste of good snow. Just turn it all into a sheet of ice. Uh, slush, I slush, think. Slush, right. So right. I was like, God, it's like, you know, we didn't go. Right, sure. So, but, it's, but it is really beautiful, and the summers are really beautiful. Mm, right, sure. So, yeah. so I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, and then going and uh, kind of mentioned I also have a business on the side where I'm an intuitive life coach. Okay, so I've always been interested in energy healing sure. and just taking courses one after the another since 1999. That's interesting stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. So you just study and study; it just goes on forever. Yeah, I just believe the body can heal itself, sure. but you you sometimes do need that extra, like the massage or yeah. the therapy or you know medication sometimes. But yeah. you know, just the body has the ability to heal itself if you believe it, and you you know. And what I do now, like with a, you know, I have a handful of clients is, you know, looking into people's energy fields, kind of with uh, intuition. I did a lot of intuition healing training for mm-hmm. three years and being able to see people's belief systems that are held energetically and they, they hold people back and they, they often come, they get downloaded into you as you're growing up and you don't even know, you just take it in. Just like when you learn a language, you just take it in. You don't say, oh, well, I think I will not learn the world word bow. Like you don't, you just, you just take it in. Mm-hmm. And then they run you. And then the, earth, the planet has its own matrix kind of beliefs and all kinds of things. Like you're not worthy if th- unless this and this and this and this. And you take that in. And, you know, when you're trying to manifest things, but you have these contrary beliefs like, let's say you wanted to be super wealthy, but you believe wealthy people are really arrogant. That's going to work against sort of an opposite because you don't want to be arrogant. So you're fighting, bringing in stuff. So I can go in, kind of see where the beliefs are when you downloaded them, like, you know, parent, uh, most whoever raised you typically. And sometimes you've just arrived on the planet. If you believe in past lives, you had you got that. But if you don't believe in past lives, I just say you arrive on the planet with your own energies and mm. belief systems already. And then, yeah, helping you clear them and stuff. And this year is the first year since, because I've done so many exchanges with people and do a lot of work on my own. Uh, this is the first year since 1991 that I have not had my seasonal allergies for really? the first time. Yeah. Wow. And the worst one was when I did a contract in Sacramento in 2018, and it w- I got a couple of, I mean, I would always say mine are not terrible, like mild to medium, but something with Sacramento, they do experiments, I think, and then I wasn't from there, and somebody said it was a bad season. So it was, it was like a triple whammy. Sure. I ended up in ambulatory services to get shots and breathing treatments twice. And so when I came down here and like, you know, I was, anytime I would sneeze or I could feel it was coming in, I would just talk to my body and get rid of it. But then I did go visit some people in Sacramento and I said, Ooh, we'll find out. It's just Monterey's really protected. And I work in Salinas and sure enough, I was fine. We had lunch outside with two people with flowers and vegetation. And then one, and then I had dinner at their home later outside and nothing. Yeah, Salinas you know? is a very dusty place too. Right, but this was Sacramento. Sorry, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. To, sorry, I, I went you. up. To, sorry, I might have not said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I went up to Sacramento, so that was going to be the test. Like, oh, is this, okay. okay. Am I like protected because something about this region kept me 
not having allergies. But then when I went during the season up to Sacramento and I had nothing, it was like I didn't have I didn't have allergies this year. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So yeah, so like my body's gotten super light and things like that. So it's 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 really fun. It's just like you know I'm always wanting to help and heal, and I had the opportunity, you know, to kind of work some of the concepts with a couple of people during my rehab stint here, Mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, as a therapist, and, um, you know, just a couple of times, and, uh, because, you know, mostly you just kind of have to do the, you know, the stereotype thing, but somebody was having problems with, with pain, and I said, let's, uh, let's do the meditation that I do before I clear, and you teach people how to do that. Sure. And she was like, you know, it took five minutes, maybe 10. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so much better. So really? I said, you can do this anytime you want. You can just, you know, it's just connecting, pulling energy down. I just talk them through and sure. the earth energy up. And then I kind of help them do and then expand out. Mm. And when you do that and you get practice at it, you just feel safer in your in the world. Like, you don't. People tend to shrink their, you know, you've heard of your personal energy space, like auras and things like that. I don't know a whole lot about them. Okay, but we all have like uh, an yeah. energy field around sure. us, and when we're we're fearful or angry or these sort of lower energies, we shrink our energies, which actually make us feel less safe. But when you learn to expand it and keep it out, you know people can also sense you, kind of your power, your an, an authentic power, not like the abusive type that mm, some sure. people use, right? Yeah, yeah. Like certain leaders of certain countries, right, right. Um, and then you just feel safer, and you know the ability. You just be able to like create and uh, manifest things a lot more easily, and just feels calmer about it. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so you know, I I, uh, I do a lot of myofascial release mm. when I'm doing that, and uh, it seems that a lot of people carry a lot of energy or negative energy through the shoulders, neck area, because they all, that's where I carry my stress. I think it's a little more than that. I think it's deeper than maybe the stress um, makes them hold their shoulders up until it locks. So when I go to release that and, and I just feel and I see the shoulders drop, you know, maybe an inch or more sometimes, and they'll just start crying. Mm-hmm. Because it just all comes pouring out, and I have to wonder to myself: Is that uh, since I've released the shoulders, am I also releasing what's holding those shoulders up? You know, to to have them break into a crying fit like that. You know, what do you think about that? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And it's we hold our emotions like we're taught to hold our emotions, sure. and we hold on to them. And sometimes even our emotions, you know, people will like enjoy being angry or they enjoy being a victim and they keep or they had you know things That's happen in their lives point. and and they've also had a lot of maybe trauma and emotions betrayal mm. and they hold on to these emotions and they relive them and they relive them and they relive sure. them and the body is also there to communicate with us to tell us hey you got to release this so when they're in you know they start to create problems in the body they create allergies they create tightness muscles you know you hope they just go to the muscles in a way but then sometimes they go deeper to organs and things like that mm. so yeah a lot of emotions get trapped in there and some you know 
you can do the kind of sometimes what I do works really well with a massage therapist or because sometimes you just need that extra piece. And if you're ready to release it, sometimes you just need that massage to help physically remove it. Exactly. But when it becomes chronic, you know, like you release it. But if you don't actually release the emotion, really let it go. Mm. They'll probably come back and they're tight again. You know, so, um, yeah, definitely, you know, I know there's a lot of energy courses like uh, creating a sacral energy sure. healing, and I've done a couple of courses, and there's some that are just um, emotional release um, kind of courses and different kinds of realms of healing be- mm. it, and working exactly with the fascia and the muscles because it just, things get trapped, and then when you release them, yeah, the motions just, like, just come out. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, cathartic. I mean, yeah. that's what people need, right. you know. PTSD. We have a lot of military right here mm-hmm. in Monterey. Whether it be Army, Navy, everybody's here. Whether oh, yeah. You know, uh, post-college training and uh, language skills and all kinds of stuff here. I see so much military. And uh, I know they've seen a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, I wish I could do more. I wish I I had more to offer them. But, you know, like you say, if I can just release those shoulders, release mm-hmm. that myofascial tension, you know, I can get them on the pathway to start relaxing. Right. Uh, maybe, the two, you know, if I could get with somebody that works more with the energy like you and I could pass them on, you know, get so far and then, right. But you can also, you can also, um, combine that because i have a couple of therapists um massage therapists i've worked with uh one up in seattle and she does some energy healing also yeah and i'll usually want mostly the massage um so you can learn reiki mm-hmm. and things like that and that can you can combine it um mm-hmm. with your therapy with it and and that way you know you can start a little bit and then just say okay i'm going to just do a little reiki on you craniosacral for a couple of minutes and these energy things get people to really relax mm. and um a lot of massage therapists you know choose to do that um but then some of them like these two people i know a lot of people are not into it so they love me when i come because i'm like yeah can you add like 5 minutes sure. you know a couple times yeah you know, I like to do 90-minute massages because I'm never satisfied after right, 60. Right, <laughs> And, you know, get a little bit of that energy. But, you know, you can combine some things. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, the work I do is more like talking to people and looking into their energy and helping them release it. Sure. But, you know, somebody like you that's sort of a hands-on person, you can learn energy stuff. And people, and it, you know, can like Reiki, it has to run through you before and come out your hands and it doesn't it doesn't get polluted it's just pure it just comes out sure so you're healing yourself as you heal people right so it's really kind of cool if you ever have an interest to combine it yeah and um but you can you can kind of do that aspect combine it i i do take on energy do you ever Mm -hmm. do you ever do that take on energy meaning sometimes i'll be working on somebody that's got so much going on that I sometimes have to release. My heart will get going so fast, I have to let go of them. And I thought, hey, what in the heck is this? The first couple of yeah. times that happened, is like, am, is there, am I having, uh, is it me? Or, You're probably but then taking... after a few more times, it was like, you know what? As soon as I put my hand on this certain area, my heart increases. 
and that's I know that's an energy. It's not me. I'm not having a panic attack or anything. I'm doing anything else that I've ever done. You, you might be, sense? yeah. So you have to be careful that you're not healing people with your energy. Right. So if you're like having, you know, compassion and empathy or the energy's there and you're just like this healer person, because right. anybody that's typically in healthcare and is, you know, including massage therapists, we care about people and we want them to feel better. Sure. We'll use ourselves and our body, but you have to be really careful with that. You have to learn how to center and keep your energy. That's something I teach separate. And, you know, sometimes I'll know, like when I'm reading, I'll kind of know, okay, it's, I'll feel a little buzz in my shoulder, let's say, and say, okay, add light to your shoulder, because I can tell the belief or energy is hanging out in their shoulder. I see. And some people also, yeah, can, can really feel it. They will feel pain and things like that, but you have to be very careful. So if you're a super healer and you're always taking in your patients and your clients' energies, whether you're a psychotherapist, a doctor, a nurse, a parent, you know, with a or you know, partner that has you know energies that you keep pulling into yourself, you can make yourself sick. So um, yeah, I think it's very real. So either you either you felt it and didn't you know really cause any harm to yourself or but if you don't know what, how not to do that, you likely pulled it into yourself and started using your life force for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and they're just ways to learn how to connect and then just keep yourself centered. And That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's totally real. Right. In oh, my opinion. Sure yeah. yeah. I mean, if it Feel felt. It go off. Yeah. Yeah. Remember one guy on the podcast was saying, it's so nice, uh, you must... Uh, love this job you know you can finish up at the end of the day and go home and it's like man i carry so much stuff mm-hmm. you know uh, it would be nice to be able to just walk away at the end of the day but mm-hmm. you have to really decompress and maybe i just don't know how to do that right you know i do take on people's energies and I, it's my mindset to mm-hmm. fix this person's physical problem right right so in turn sometimes i end up taking their energies i never believed in any of, the, any of that when i went to school for massage mm-hmm. i just want to fix people's muscles right because i've fallen off so many buildings and i have so many broken parts it's like i know where everybody hurts i know how to fix something right. so i went to a really good school never even thought about the energy side of this until it got you know smacked me in the face right right yeah and it's totally real i it mean is. Yeah. yeah and people that have a lot of compassion or you know empathy Sure. You know, and that can even happen. You're, you're watching the news and things like that. And, you know, like all these crazy, yeah. horrible things happen on right. the world. And you start to just give your own energy to it. You yeah. know, like, let's say you're going through cancer and often it'll, they'll tell you, don't watch the news. Don't do this. Don't do that. Watch things that make you laugh because these you're those energies will make you sad so that brings down your overall healing like it just brings your overall energy level down to a lower level a less healing level and also if you start just sending it out to people like you need when you're sick you need to hold on to it yourself but you can learn to do both you can learn to hold on to your energy and keep people separate and like set up their energy and, you know, learning how to keep it separate. And then, like, also learning how to cleanse yourself. Like, I'm not as good because my job is so fast-paced, too. Sure. Like, 
you know, to really decompress and do a, like a quick retuning, clear all the energies around me and then go to the next. And, um, but yeah, if you get really good at that, then you can like, you can put energies around your clients. You can like just these, basically what I teach people to do, but you can also create it like a blessing ball of light where you put this on your client and you just pull in their, you know, their higher beings, guides, angels, whatever you want to believe that can help them uh, heal as well. And then that way you do your thing, you help set up their energy, you keep your energy separate and that you're better for it. And they're kind of better for it too, in a way, because they have this higher light coming through them. Right. Right. But you're not wrong. I mean, your job's very physical too. So it's very part physical, of yeah. so by the end of the day, you're, you know, you've worked really hard. But I think it sounds like you're also pulling in all people's stuff Sometimes, into you. Yeah. yeah. I may be better at it now. Maybe. But I need well, to good. learn a little bit more of what I'm doing on right. that aspect of it. Yeah. Because I'm just so centered in on getting these joints to let go, right? And release, right? You know. I want I'm more of a physical person. You know? Right. Yeah, so, and that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's right. important. It's, it takes all kinds of people working from different angles to yeah. make the planet work, right? right if we're sure. all the same, it'd be like a boring planet. Sure would, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> a bunch of cookie cutters. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So tell me about your childhood. Where you, you grew up uh, up in Canada and you went yes. to high school and Yeah, so yeah, we we, my parents, like, they're originally from India. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And so my father, actually, he got typhoid when he was 17. He lost most of his hearing in one ear oh. and um, a little bit left in the other. Um, but he was part of, like, a family of, uh, like, academics. His father had passed away when he was 12. He was a famous and well-known mathematician in wow. India. And his uncle was a judge who presided over the sentencing for the people accused of um, assassinating Mahatma Gandhi. Wow, so he was up there, huh? Yeah, so, but yeah, so he wanted, my father wanted to be a doctor, but he, you know, he didn't have the hearing to listen hear. from a stethoscope. Like, ah, right. Because he was born in, in uh, 1929. And so he ended up just going, he was a genius, and he ended up, I don't know, he did a couple of degrees in India, then he moved to the U.S. to St. Louis, did another master's, and then almost a Ph.D. in engineering, switched degrees, became an audio, um, did a, a, mass, a Ph.D. in audiology. Then he and my mother were introduced in India, and then uh, they kind of self-arranged. They were both, like, old in their 30s. You know, for the 1960s. <laughs> self-arranged marriage. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, okay, yeah, a day later, they were like, okay, we'll get married. Sure, and then, might as well. A day later? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So they moved to, like, <laughs> my father had to start his teaching position at McGill University in Montreal. And my mother joined him soon thereafter, as soon as her visas. And they actually got married, I think, sort of a Christian wedding with all his coworkers because <laughs> they didn't know anybody. <laughs> and then my mother has, like, a... Uh, her father was in the military, and her father's side, her her mother's brothers, and all that were also in the military. But her father okay. was also a surgeon, a brain surgeon, and in the military. And in India, in India, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then they had this really great house in the Himalayas uh, when her father retired. That I did not get to see, but which is now, if you find, you've, it's actually a hotel now. 
You can go there someday. Yeah, I probably can't afford it. I can't afford my own little like, place. I know. I'd be like, hey, my mother kind of lived here. Go, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's the shed for you and a bush <laughs> if you need it, you know. But, yeah, and she was kind of into, uh, she, when she was 28, she got a full scholarship at the University of Hawaii for a master's in theater. Mm. And so she came to, like, she'd always wanted to go to the States. So when you think about manifesting, it was a full-ride scholarship. And um, and then she was able to convince them to let her travel the U.S. to visit theaters. And she and this other woman from the Philippines went and traveled all over the U.S., and they wow. saw like the the Space Needle in Seattle, like okay. just when it came out, like when it was. Yeah, I haven't even been to the Space Needle. I think I drove by it once. Yeah, it was too expensive. <laughs> One time I was going to go, and it was so expensive, and you have to wait four hours. And we're like, eh, forget that. Yeah, right. So you can uh, go up there and look around. All right. Yeah, just I take like a picture. Sears Tower, right? Yeah, I only live there. I can do it anytime, right? <laughs> I know that's the thing. Right? Yeah. I'll get back to that. Yeah. Maybe not. Hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah, we grew up on the greatest street. Um, just we were half a block from one of the elementary schools. And okay. that one would start a French immersion program a year before I started kindergarten. So I got okay. French immersion, which means, like, it used to be just, like, an English school. And mm-hmm. then you would, because it was French and English schools. Okay. And you would just, you wouldn't learn French till you were, like, in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And here they started in kindergarten. And then they continued it. They added a grade seven because they didn't know what to do with us, you know. Like, <laughs> and then, uh, and then they continued the program to the high school. So I got, and I also learned how to read, write, and do, uh, learn to speak, uh, do math when I was four in the preschool in French. In French. Yeah. So wow. I learned. It was actually harder than kindergarten. No kidding. Yeah, I used to be super smart, but I, but I wasn't, <laughs> but I wasn't the kind of smart that got bored. I've always been somebody that loves to learn. So even if I was repeating stuff in first grade, I didn't care. I like people. I like my class, people in my class. I like learning. Yeah, I can learn it again. As long as it interests you. I don't know. I just like, yeah, I just like like learning. Yeah, so I wasn't that smart. I wasn't one of those people. Right, like genius quality like the folks, right? Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, they would do nothing and then, like, get A's. Right. So I had to work for it, but. Yeah. But, but you yeah. did well in school, must have. Yeah, I did sure. well in school. But it, less and less as they went to higher and higher levels. Because I wasn't the smart of the smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was I was one of the hardest workers, so that got me by. There you go. And then as they went to higher and higher levels and also more competitive schools, it was like, what are all these hardworking people doing? Right. I'm supposed to be the only one. And then, you know, I was, you know, I became basically average, like, because there were just so many people that were actually maybe smarter. I sure. Sure have a great memory but i would work really hard yeah to like learn everything you're from india you must be super smart right that's well what they genetic, out. that's what they say right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> trying to prove it yeah but um but yeah we grew up on a great you know i'm still in touch with you know people uh, two families that lived on the street no uh, just different people sure. that now are spread around everywhere but yeah yeah when uh when i when i had younger kids uh, sent them to a school in Michigan, and I know they had a, a like a Spanish immersion, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're saying. They took one of the old elementary schools that they weren't using, and they turned into a, a, a and you really 
weren't allowed to speak anything but Spanish once you walked in, right? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how it was? The teachers weren't super, like, strict. Sometimes they would, okay. you know, in your class, you know, you would have to speak French sure. to each other. But um, sometimes they weren't that. So, like, if you were doing activities and you were just engaging with your friends, you spoke in English. Sure, right. But, you know, we did just so much grammar and stuff. And, of right. course, living in the U.S., French has been fairly useless. But, exactly. but my sister took a couple of years of Spanish, and then when she moved to the U.S., she she had worked in a rehab. There was a lot of Spanish speaking, and she got a lot, really a lot better. Sure. And for me, it's like, they look at me, and they go, oh, you look, you know, they think I'm Spanish. And I'm like, no comprendo, no comprendo, no inglese, you know. No habla. Yeah. Right. So I pull out my phone, and they have like these, I found an app that I can... It, I can speak English and it'll speak Spanish. Out oh, yeah, and vice I've seen versa. those. Yeah, How so. neat is that? Yeah. yeah. I just remember in high school, uh, uh, they asked Spanish or French. Well, other than in Michigan, it seemed obviously we are going to deal with more French people. Right. Not even close. That was a terrible. <laughs> they should have put us all through Spanish. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've never had a, anybody try to speak to me in French. I've had a couple of people Maybe through the Canada, years, yeah. but I mean, in the U.S. as oh, clients, really? but yeah, Spanish is the way to go. Yeah. But French was the way to go when I was in, in yeah, Montreal. Right, but, right. Yeah, yeah. Spanish wouldn't have gotten me too far exactly. in, in Montreal, right. but I had no idea, you know, that I would, you know, move to the U.S. You know, I oh, was 26 true. when I yeah. decided to move. Right, right. So, Yeah. But it's, I did so much French, it's still in there. You know, okay. not fresh. Sure. But it's not like where you do one year of a language and then you lose it. Yeah. You know, I had like 13 years, you know, age 4 to 17, so. That's quite a bit. Yeah. And they're kind of those, and you know, it just absorbs in. Like That's when true. you're 4, right. it just went in. It didn't, I didn't have to try and learn it. And I've tried, I tried to learn it, Arabic when I went to, um. To Egypt one time, and I gave up like in three seconds. No kidding. Because it was like, oh, why is this so hard? Yeah. But, you know, I was like 40-something, so. Yeah, I had a Vietnamese guy tell me one time, if you come over here after you're 14, you're going to hold on to that accent for the Mm -hmm. rest of your life. But if you got here before 13 or 14, a lot of people, you know, Vietnamese, they don't have any of that. They could probably speak both languages, but they don't have that accent. So it must be somewhere right around there where your brain, 13, 12, do you agree with that? Somewhere around well, there? Well, you know, I think it really depends on the person because, like, if I, I, I if I were to, like, talk with somebody who's Australian, I'll just start to have words come out that, like, sound like Australian <laughs> yeah, with an Australian accent true. because my I start to adapt. I see. And even when I was in, living in Rhode Island, that's where I went to grad school, uh-huh. within five years, my friend said that I was... I sounded American. And really? yeah, because Canadians <laughs> enunciate more. So they, they told me, sure. you know, they told me I was slurring my words. <laughs> You're just blending everything together like a but, stupid American. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, I don't have the ear for it. So people sometimes when I tell them, you know, I have Canadian roots, they're like, oh, yeah, when you say about and this and that. Yeah, yeah. They, and I'm like, I'm not saying a boot. I'm not saying that. But there might be some kind of little twang, yeah, Canadian sure, twang, right. I still have. Yeah. For certain words, and my dad was a salesman, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he would go down to Tennessee for a week and he'd come back talking with a Southern draw. Right. It's just like that. You just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I remember a friend from school and he'd moved to South Carolina and he's like, oh yeah, I'm not picking up. And at some point in the, in the, in, in the conversation, he went, y'all. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you think. Yeah. That y'all fits some places where nothing else fits. Exactly. So does A, like right. Canadian A. A is, you know what I mean, eh? You know, sometimes you just have to say it. It's just right. not. And right. if you're from Michigan, you might have picked up some of that, too. Sometimes I've met people that were on the border states that s- sounded a little Canadian. Right. Sure. Yeah. A, I st- I, you know, I, I, I listen to some speakers that are from Canada, so mm-hmm. I do pick up a, you know, because yeah. I did hear that in, in Michigan. Right. You know, take off to the UP, eh? You yeah. Know? <laughs> Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Is oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of that, you know. So, yeah. So back to your question, I think it probably depends on the, the person. Like if they're very adaptable, they might lose their entire accent or if they really try to, you know. Trying to blend in. Yeah, they might. They might change, but just like your father goes just away yeah. for a week and he comes back speaking Twanging like he sounds like he's from the south, yeah. you know. And right. so I think it would probably depend. Yeah, maybe he'd be really good at languages. Maybe right? the way he just soaked it up. Yeah, it could be. Could yeah. be. Yeah, cool. or at least very good at accents. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the name of the program, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> how are you coming up on, uh, how long is this contract now? This one, well, it, it ended July 2nd, but I was able okay. to get a week and a half extension. And then mm-hmm. my sister's getting married in a couple of weeks. So okay. I'm going to go back up and it doesn't look like I'll be able to come back. Okay. But um, I'll look for something else and I want to work on the, the intuitive coaching business for a little bit too. That's a good idea, right? Yeah. Because that's really my passion. Sure. So, yeah, and I enjoy writing, and I know we talked a little bit about, because I spent a few years doing some screenwriting and learning a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. Do tell about that. Yeah. What were you writing? Well, I have just always been really interested in writing. Okay. But I never thought I was that amazing, but I was, I just loved it. And just somehow I never, only had two teachers in elementary and high school that actually taught grammar and English, but I read a ton of books, so. Sure. So I started taking a lot of some little writing courses in university, basically. And then in my 40s, I started taking all these little courses through Ed2Go. And then I came across, I don't even know how it happened, but I just came across this teacher who was teaching screenwriting classes. And he was so brilliant um, because he had learned through his business, like he had learned to go to companies and help companies like figure out the model of company, other companies that were successful and then help that company become successful. So he did that with screenwriting and he interviewed actors and directors and all kinds of things and modeled and figured out what needs to go into a screenplay and all these things. So I did a six-month class and then I did a year-and-a-half class and then I repeated half the year-and-a-half class. Like, And I, I wrote... Three three screenplays with him, and I also done my first one based on two Ed to Go classes. Mm. And yeah, there's so much that goes into a screenplay. Like you have to make every character sound different, and you can't just waste conversation. Like every line of di- dialogue has to have this meaning. Things like subtext, things are going on under the surface 
that keeps people engaged and guessing and wondering and worrying and you've got to have twists and surprise. there's so much in it it's just so mentally stimulating to me like just and it's so in a way efficient compared to let's say writing a book because a book you can put all the feelings and all this stuff but in a screenplay you may have heard show don't tell so you might have a description that shows something or somebody says a line and you have to kind of get you know like some meaning i mean it could be something simple like oh let's stop at mcdonald's well that means they're hungry maybe right instead of saying oh i'm hungry that's sort of uh, like, what's that called? Like, I've been away from it for a couple of years. Right. But there's certain things that they it sounds so fake if you right. just say how you feel. Sure. I'm happy, but instead you want it through their voice, through something. I mean, it, it's just there's so many subtleties, and it's it's just fun. And there, there's sort of things about a story, how you tell a story and how you uh, build it up and then – there's just there's structure also to keep mm-hmm. it going, and then every genre has its things too. You know, like uh, you know, a romance will have like two people that want to get together, but there's always going to be these tensions, and you know they're going to get together, but yet you worry they may not, even right. though you know they will. And how to keep you so engaged, and you know, wanting to keep reading if you're reading a screenplay. Um, or, you know, for most people watching a movie. So it's like, I, because I know so much, like, I'll be like, I'll kind of know when things are going to supposed to happen, because <laughs> I understand the structure. And um, so it's kind of like interesting to watch, like, how they're doing it. Like, yeah. how, like, I can see it from a different standpoint now. Right. And, um, yeah. I used, to, I used to have a movie store, mm-hmm. so I'm very much mm-hmm. into movies. And, you know, sometimes you put on a movie and it's like, wow, this is terrible. Is it the acting or is it... They, he wouldn't really say that. It's terrible writing also it is. on top it is. of it. It is, it is, yeah. And, it's, and I think it, it, you hit on that. It's exactly it. I would, you wouldn't say, I'm hungry. right. It's like, hey, let's run around a... Yeah. Hey, you think McDonald's is open? Or, yeah. It's just not the way you would speak. It just right. sounds ridiculous. Right. Well, you would, like, conversations, you would say that, right? Yeah. But in a right, movie, right. you can't. So, basically, the essence of any movie is a good screenplay. Like, if you have, sure. like... Have you ever, like, seen a terrible movie with the best actors? I have. Right? Exactly. That's exactly it. Right. Because they're probably doing great acting... But the story, like I just remember seeing uh, like uh, Jennifer Aniston in one movie one time. And she was really, she did a fantastic job of acting. It was so out of her normal kind of movie. And I just thought, wow, like she she may have even won an award. But the story was like, you know, I'd already done screenwriting. I remember just thinking, you know, they could have done so much with that story. Like it was a really good concept. And I just, not that I have the skills to write what I'm thinking, like, you know, the A-list writers, sure. but I just felt like, wow, like but this is... you was, can identify it. I could identify right, it. And I right. could be like, if you'd done this and this and this and, right. and added this to the story, it could have just made it so sure. much more. 
So, yeah, it comes down to the writing, I think, and that's the essence of it. Uh, I think you could have terrible acting with a really great screenplay. Yeah. But if a, if you if there was a really really great screenplay, it would likely well not always not always but but it might make it to the higher level producers who then have access to you know the best directors and the best actors and A-list you know actors. like yeah so then you, that you would get good people to. Sure. You know, and then the budget's a lot bigger, too. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but sometimes also, like, a lot of really great actors choose to support um, people that haven't made it in the industry. Like, they don't, they're not always about their money. They really want to support people. And they will go and act and maybe be movies just out of just trying to help people, kind of, because it's very hard to break in. Yeah. So. Um, I'm a big fan of, like, focus films. Which one? What's that? is a production company called Focus Films. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem to do something that's a little bit more out of the ordinary, but they, mm-hmm. they do have some big actors in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's maybe a little slower of a story or something a mm-hmm. little bit more uh, beautiful scenery to it. Those artistic movies? Yeah, I love parents. those. Yeah. Love those. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have gunfights and you know this and that, but... You know, they're, they're put a together feel. nicely. Like right? There's a nice feel They as really you watch brought it. in yeah. a good screenwriter, a good story, and, you know, mm-hmm. really worked with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's really neat to see somebody that really cares about the craft. Right. Than just kicking out Marvel films all day long, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm not really into Marvel films, but I'll, I can watch them with family because sure. I get so much enjoyment watching them enjoy it. There you it. go. That's and, true, right? And that's, you know, where I'll get it. But totally I typically different. won't choose to watch it myself, uh, by myself. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just it's just fascinating, yeah. like, screenplays and that whole realm. And, you, you, you know, you kind of have a couple of generations from you that were in the industry. It was, who, who was it you were saying, your grandfather? Well, my grandpa was a, he was a, a movie producer in Hollywood. Right. Back in the... 30s and 40s, right. right around the war. And he was the golfer, right? He was the golfer, right, right. right. Top golfer in the, yeah. in the world, one of the tops. Yeah. yeah. So they, they were just trying to find a place for him mm-hmm. since he was uh, he had lost his wife. He still had three little girls. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, well, what can we, where can we put him where he's still helping out with the war but won't get drafted? Mm. You know, I don't oh. know if it was golfing buddies or his friends or I don't know, but they found a spot at Path A Labs and, mm. and they... You know, there's a it's a long story, but yeah, that's kind of the overdraft, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat. So yeah, he got to work with some of the big wigs and Mm -hmm. Bing and Bob and you know those guys. The classic people. Yeah, they brought him right in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it was neat. I I guess that's part of my love for the cinema and, and that type of thing. You know, just love. Yeah, I love movies too. I just yeah, it means something. Yeah, I see them differently now. Do you? Yeah, yeah. just like sure. you know, like because like I have this idea for something that for to, to write, and I sh- you know now that I'm gonna have some time off, you know, it's like oh, I gotta get going on just writing yeah. the screenplay idea that I c- came up. But now, like you know, with net you know Netflix now they make all these series, and I was thinking, oh, like I wonder if you could turn it into you know a little bit of a series, you know, like a. 
uh, what do they call them? But I mean, like it's miniseries kind of kind of thing. But yeah. you know, go season after season after season. But right. you, you don't do repeats, and they don't mm. they hold maybe something for each episode, like mm. a little story. But the story keeps evolving, mm. and so it's like that's you know, like that's what's happening. People are you know watching mm. you know more of those, and like I saw, I don't know if you ever saw the man in the high castle. I, so I think it's Amazon. Well. Oh, it's so good. It was really? one of the best thing, one of the best movies or shows I've ever seen in my life. And then, really? yeah, it was so good. Man in the High Castle. I yeah, I think it's uh, Amazon, and it's a lot. It, there's a lot of violence, and I'm typically not drawn to violence, but it was so well done, and I loved it so much. And then I tried to watch other things afterwards, and I couldn't find anything, so I watched the entire thing over again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I've done that with a few shows. You get done with it, and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to find anything after that. Right. 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 I'll just watch it again. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. And, and it, I went through it again. And then, you know, there are things you miss because there's a lot of intrigue. Right. right. Yeah, the, like the premise is um, that the the Japanese and the Germans won the World War II. Mm. And they're in charge of the U.S. And then there's this whole story about wow. that. It's and it's just so well done. Speaking speaking German. Yeah. And, 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 and Japanese. <laughs> and Japanese. And Japanese, huh? Yeah. So wow. they were like territory. Yeah. Yeah. They were too kind of. Yeah. And everybody. I, think was, I saw that, not uh, like a, an advertisement for that. Like years a trailer back. or something? Yeah. Was it years ago now? Well, it or? could be because I think there were four or five seasons. Was there? Okay. And then I saw it last year. So it's got to have been like. Yeah. You definitely could have. Yeah. Like yeah. they won the war and there was like still swastikas flying on the flags and stuff like that. Yeah, they changed like, oh the American God. flag and all this stuff. Really? Yeah. Got rid of it? Wow. I think yeah. it's just like, wow, I don't know if I'm ready for that one. <laughs> well, there's just some really good heroes in the story. Yeah, it's just like, oh, cool. yeah, it's really, I should see it a third time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I did with that with uh, Longmire, too. Just couldn't find anything good. And Longmire? What's, Longmire what's is a a Netflix show. Oh, I never. And saw I just that. got so into it, I couldn't find anything good. What's that about? Oh, it's a. It's about a small town, uh, small town sheriff, and mm-hmm. he's half. Is, he's just on the edge of an Indian reservation, mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, gambling casinos come in, and then there's like Russian mafias trying to fund the hotels that are going around it, and then there's mm-hmm. this. You know, there's just uh, one thing after another, and this poor. Small town sheriffs (laughs) trying to keep it all together, and you know, between the Indians was Mm -hmm. super interesting, and Mm -hmm. yeah, there was all kinds of different aspects to it. You know, the man of the high castle, in a way, is like that because there's like the Germans and the Japanese, they don't get along, and then the Americans are like, we want our country back, and and so yeah, and there's just like who's willing to break the law, and it it just because if you did, there were a lot of consequences, Uh, and you know the rebellion and like a lot. It's just really cool though. How cool! Yeah. Um, uh, Next week, maybe two weeks from now, whenever we can get the schedules together, I've got a gentleman coming in who is an on-site screenwriter. Mm. So when he he'll be there at the movie, Mm -hmm. and if things aren't right, he'll have to quick rewrite the scene. Oh yeah, yeah! Wow. What? Holy cow! I was like, I, I didn't even know that thing that that existed. Yeah, I mean, he could be also like one of the major. He he does it. He just steps into it, or he also helped write it. I think he just shows up. 
oh. as an on-site rewriter. Could be. A screen rewriter is Could what be. he called himself. Yeah, you got to think fast and like, you got to... Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. what they need. Yeah, the director and actor is like, oh, you know, it's not working for me or whatever. And you got to be like, because you got to stop production. You got to rewrite. You got to do it right away. Right that's, now. That's high pressure. And wow. it's got to match. Yeah. What you just did and what they're about to do tomorrow. Yeah. Right. How did you meet that person? Here. Oh, okay. Yeah, they come in here and... Needing some adjustment and need some help. And not adjustment, but sound like a chiropractor. But right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some body straightening right. out. So that was really interesting. That was a, that was a neat. And uh, I, I was having this thought when we were talking earlier. Now, if you get a top-grade actress on scene mm-hmm. and they read a line and they're like, you know what, that's... I'm sure somebody that's just starting out acting wouldn't dare say anything like that. But if you get a Robert Duvall or somebody like that going, you know what? I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. It it wouldn't come out that way. It's a stupid thing for it to be written. It needs to be rewritten. Could you do that? Clearly you can. You got to rewrite it right on site. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That screenwriter you'll talk to will be able to really fill you in. I don't know a lot. Sure. Kind of an entry level kind of writer, but yeah, he would know exactly like the circumstances right. of why, you yeah. know, something isn't working, and then to be able to just yeah, if he didn't even write it, then he's he's got to fit mm. into that whole feeling and the style of writing. Right. Um, like if they do say, hey, you know, sometimes it can be a line, I'm sure, and sometimes it's like we gotta like redo the scene or take the scene out or re like take these three scenes turn into two. Like yeah. I'm sure, and that would be like whoa. Right. Right. <laughs> And the original screenwriter, like yourself, yeah, it's like, what are you doing in my movie? Well, that's <laughs> you can't a just thing. chop it up like that. Well, and that's the thing. Like when you, you know, one of the things I got right from the start is, let's say you, you write a screenplay, and then you you're fortunate to find somebody who wants to produce it. Ah, uh, right. Um, you really have to release it because they're the ones with the money. They're the ones that are going to, and they may want to have changes made that you don't want to, but you can. You will lose your, if you have an attitude, you know, they get thousands of screenplays. They're not going to want to work with you. They'll even fire you probably. If it's a good screenplay and you're being trouble, you're like, no, 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 I I don't want it. I love this scene. Like, they'll scratch you and get it. They'll get get another writer to finish it. You might get the story credit, but... You have to be easy to get along with. You have to, and you have to release it. You're like you know, your screenplay becomes your baby. But sure. right from the start, when I heard that, I'm like, I will never do that because That's good I'm just going to be gracious. You know, like wow, you're actually interested in putting time and money and right. investment into something I wrote. You, you want me to change something? I will do whatever you say. Sure. And also because they also have knowledge. They know, you know, they know what's going to work more than I do. Like, they have the experience to know, like, you know, I might say, oh, this scene is the best scene ever. Like, because blah, blah, blah. And they're like, but it's not, you know, they've got to sell. There's a lot of competition. And to make a movie work, you know, you have to let the people, you know, choose what, you know, is going to make work. Right. They might want to change something. You have to just be easy to get along with and release it and not feel like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. But they do probably know you what they're talking about. You have to know about. that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. maybe if you're an A-list screenwriter, you're, what you say might, you know, might sure. mean something like, 
And the other thing, you know, like you could also say, when I wrote this scene, this is this was my this this is what I thought I could say. Like, this was my intention, and this is why. And it could be that I just didn't exi- like I didn't express it right. Because the thing with writing is you in your head know exactly what you're thinking and feeling, and it's not always translated onto the paper. Ah. And somebody else reads it, but they're not in your head. Right. So you might think they get it, but they didn't. And it could be if you said it like that, they're like, oh, that is great, but we need to rewrite it because that's not clear. Sure. Or they'd be like, nah, that sucks. Right. You know, and you have to be Ouch. like... Sure. You're okay. Right. That does suck. Ow. Yeah. You can be like, okay, how you know, how do you want it to be changed? And, sure. You know, just yeah. go with the flow and be easy. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's a, just an ocean of screenwriters out there. Right. You, you know, you, don't you always wanna... hear that from directors. It's like every everywhere I turn around, I go into the bathroom at the restroom at the restaurant, and somebody's trying to hand me a daggone screenplay. Exactly. You know, like everywhere I go. So yeah, you have to. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> if they decide to work with you. Exactly. How interesting. Yeah. So, so just, what kind of story do you want to put together? Um, well, I've always Sounds kinda, like you've already got one well, or two put together. Yeah, I've had like a few. Like mm-hmm. I've written like kind of like a little bit of a comedy in kind of in that. And I really like kind of characters and okay. things like that. And, sure. Um, yeah, like I'll just tell you like just sort of a gist of one, like I had a uh, one that I wrote, that's probably my best one, is a high school student, she's like, and she's like getting A's, and she's doing great in school, and she's seeing this guy, and he, he gets down on one knee, and at a baseball game, and he's like this big baseball star, and she, she thinks he's going to propose, but he was offering, um, a ring like just a friendship ring or something um and his this really this guy kind of egged him to do it in front of everybody instead of taking her and it's taken all out of contest and she's all upset because he's he declared he's gay and it, it wasn't supposed to be public he got like this guy kind of you know like influenced him to do it sure. then and so she goes and she like creates this um she goes and spray paints like something and it's like it's against the law to do that and she's supposed to be valedictorian and the principal says look you can't be valedictorian what you did is committed a crime and blah 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 but however um if you go and help these students that are failing their last year will will reconsider you for valedictorian so she finally says yes and they turn out all to be her ex-boyfriends Oh no! So that's kind of the premise of it, and <laughs> and then you know, like they're She's all really picking winners, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one of them's faking it. Who oh. came to the school? Who came for his final year? That they kind of had a crush on each other in elementary school. Oh, for her, I see. Yeah, right, and then right. so he fakes it because he overhears them talking. But the other three are actually failing. But they're not. But there's emotional reasons. There's stories why they are right and so we kind of go into that and then you know at the end or she does end up with one of them so um but you know it's it's just fun it's just fun yeah. stuff yeah you know i loved um like i said i love movies i love mm-hmm. storytelling and I, I love to listen to apps that will teach you or, or different things that teach you how to tell a story 
right. there's 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 an absolute art to it. Mm-hmm. It you know there's a way to tell a story. There is. There's a structure of it. There's a structure, and it's very interesting <clears throat> to see um, how they build this, and they and and they'll break down all these different stories. How uh, the main character uh, had a problem. He you know. Uh, it's a call went to through adventure. a certain thing, and then he had to come out of it, and he had to rebuild himself, and he had to come back, and he mm-hmm. had to make the full circle, and you know. And then you have to fail, and then try to exactly. Get yeah, there's, there is. It's almost every story follows that same line. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's very interesting. Yeah, so we learned that, and I even learned that on some of the basic courses yeah. that I took about story structure because I didn't know story structure. Yeah. yeah, I wish I had better words to yeah. explain what yeah. I'm trying to say. But it's very interesting how they're all how how the human mind works. I think mm-hmm. is what they're trying to do, right? You know, create this and then create overcoming mm-hmm. and, and coming mm-hmm. back around and being the hero at the end after all the adversity and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a very cool talent to be able to take that structure and put your own mind around it and put your own story into that. Because it's a right. it's a it's something that already works. So right. you want to use that story, right? And just change the story, right? Exactly, and the details. Does and that all make that. sense? Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because we we learn that too. Yeah. And it's and I think one of the reasons people love movies is that it's um, because we identify. So basically, you have like this ordinary. Usually, it's an ordinary person right. who's. There's this call to adventure, and it's called, right. it's called the call to adventure, and it's way beyond what that person could ever imagine doing. Right. And so at first they're like saying, "No, I'm not going to do it," and that's really the first act. Right. And this, and then at the end of the first act, they go, "Okay, I'll do it," and so they try to do it, but you know, and then, but then they'll fail, and then they have to keep trying. And I think like Frodo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And didn't then, want to do it, but he had to do it. Yeah. And then he had to come over. Yeah. It's just right. same story. It's yeah. so cool. And it, it's, what's it called? The, it's like the hero's journey. So I think why we like them is because we're in our own lives and we're hoping to elevate ourselves and, and get higher and evolve ourselves in our lives and create more in our lives. So we almost like watch this character and trying to pull it into ourselves like oh well i could do that maybe if i could just get over this adversity exactly and get to this point then and, i can yeah. yeah and how do they do that and yeah. you know and in life you have to be willing to fail too it's sure. never a smooth ride yeah. i mean that's the reality so i think that's why we love movies because it it's talking about us in a in a like in, in a different story exactly we relate to it Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's the basic of mm-hmm. learning how to write a screenplay. It's just mm-hmm. that that storyboard. Right. And fitting everything into it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to me. Yeah, or even a novel, too. Like, it's the same thing. There's this structure. Like, I learned the structure before I kind of came across the screenwriting class. And then when I, oh, let's take these two. And then I... I there must have been some reason for me to do it. Because I'm usually pretty cheap about stuff. And I'm like... Okay, I'm going to. I knew I wanted to write a specific like episode of a certain show. It was already there. Just like sure. even though I knew it would suck, but I'm like, no, I'm going to take these two courses and I'm going to invest in this. Like, ex- like I started looking up softwares sure. for screenwriting, mm-hmm. 
And I chose one and I never, I was going to try and use word and like there's just certain ways like a screenplay looks and I was going to try and figure out all this fancy stuff. And then I'm like, now I'm going to just spend the money and thank God, because it is so much easier. Like it'll put the names of the characters and you just have to, you know, do these, just these little things and it'll put the name in the right place and it puts the dialogue you know, under that, and it, certain things require a little more space. Yeah. And, but there must have been something for me to go and say, no, I'm going to get a proper software. And made myself wait three months while I took these two courses, wrote one story, and then found this big, huge teacher. Um, but yeah, like every story kind of comes to that structure. And once in a while, somebody will break it once in a while, like, and do something different. But for the most part, as far as I know, and the screenwriter you're going to meet, since he's more in the sure. in the right. in the world of writing, mm-hmm. might know more about that structure. I'm right. sure you can get more into that conversation. There are some directors that are chopping up the movies, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll start you at a crazy scene, and then they'll go back, mm-hmm. and then they'll take you to another scene and take you to around a full circle, and it's like I'm right. not sure what I'm watching here because I'm not on that right regular right. Yeah, I think one of my screen- very interesting. <laughs> I think my first screenplay in one of the big classes was that I had like too many characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you when you're trying to learn to write, you want to be as low budget as possible because you're probably going to access low level producers that are trying to make it that don't have budgets, right? So you want to have as few characters, as few scenes, like few locations, and you keep. Yeah, just all the way down. And and the other one I didn't know at the time was you don't want to have kids in it either because there's all these rules of making sure, like, all kinds of labor laws for children and making sure they get their um, education. Sure. So if you're trying to make it in, don't put kids in it because <laughs> that's just another layer. Like, some, some producers will not touch it. Uh, entry level will not touch it if there's kids because it's that whole other dimension. Yeah. So it's like, but I had fun writing it, so I don't care. I'm sure kids would be, some kids would be fun to work with. Oh, no. But for the most part, I think it would just be a nightmare on site having kids. <laughs> well, I think, I think if you're, if you, you're very tight budget. Yeah. And you just have to like really watch that, then, you know, you may choose until you, you know, producer actually makes it. They may choose not to do kids, keep it all adults, everybody over 18. But I mean, you can get an 18 year old, you know how like, Greece. I mean, that's the exaggerated, right? They're all sure. in their 30s playing teenagers. <laughs> but, but often you, they are in their 20s playing sure, teenagers, right. right? So, but if you have little kids, uh, it's just a dimension I think they prefer not unless they're really passionate about the story. Right. So, sure. So there's things that you start to learn. Well, if you want to make it, this is what you need to do to keep it simple. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like this really great movie. That was just not a lot of, well, even that one, what was that one? I can't think of the name, but it was uh, Quiet. Did you watch that one? Quiet, the Quiet. Sounds familiar. Yeah, and it was just like, it's all in one place, and you have to be quiet because these beings would, like, kill you. But I was kind of watching it, and it was just, like, all in this one area, and it was like, wow, that's so low budget, except they had high-budget people. But yeah. Right. Actors, but you know, you gotta just like you can't just write exactly. and then hope it's gonna because you, you start to dream and then 
I remember this movie, and uh, I don't remember the name of the actor, but he was <clears throat> pretty pretty high uh, high up, and it was called Phone Booth. Mm. And basically, if he hung up the phone, something was somebody was going to die or something was. Oh, and the no, whole movie was pretty much in a phone booth. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's low budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have to do any kind of scene. You know, they'd flash away for a different couple of things. Yeah. But for the most part, he was just standing at the phone booth the whole time trying to. It was like, wow, they put all their money into that A actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's brilliant, brilliant writing. Sure. If you can do that. Like, yeah. brilliant. Because you got to create all that tension and story. And, you know, like, sometimes changing scenes, you think that's really going to, like, make the story. But really, the story's got to hold the story. Yeah. Well, you know, with what you do, there's, there's, what am I thinking? I, I have four kids, so I have seen a lot of cartoon movies mm-hmm. in my time. Oh, I love them. Yeah. And uh, there was one that I was watching, and uh, see if I can remember it, but it was basically inside of somebody's head, and it was all of these emotions. Oh, no, I never and saw each, that one. Each emotion had its own character. Mm. And at the end of it, I thought, that's almost exactly like um, The Breakfast Club. Oh, I love The Breakfast Club. Because every single person had their own personality and that and that and it covered all of the personalities that's a low budget film talk about low also, budget also very low budget right yeah and but they covered like every single emotion that the person has through all of these five, six seven characters i forget five. but it was almost the exact oh, way in the emotions yeah. inside of the brain we had the the shy one mm-hmm. we had the active one we had the the sport guy we mm-hmm. had you know it was, it was like wow holy cow that must be a, a story plan in itself right a I script mean, line you know what i'm saying a storyboard yeah. or whatever yeah i mean the breakfast club is brilliant because well, they're talking they're just a bunch of talking heads exactly. which usually can be called like bad screenwriting but yet they're sitting there talking pretty much the whole except some chase scene in the hallways sure. at one point but they're just talking, and yet it's riveting. And you know, like we're from the same era. Like you could watch that. I've watched it a million times. Million I never, times. I'm never bored. Right. It's such powerful it writing. It is, and it really does cover the whole human emotion. Right. You know, like the preppy five, girl, the goof. You know, all like over the five, board. five different walks of like high school, like yeah. all in one room. Like right. the concept. That's the concept of it. Exactly. Right. It's uh, very interesting. Yeah. Whoever wrote that, you know, and then whoever picked out the characters, like the actors, blew that through like, the roof too. Yeah, they were. Um, what are they called? The the um, the Rat Pack, the kind Rat of Pack, like whatever yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Love them. Yeah. The Rat Pack was, I think, in the fifties, but this was the this Brat was, Pack. That's the, the Brat Pack. pack. Was That's it the Brat what it was. Pack? Yeah. Right, right. I think they hated it, but they were they were Probably really did. famous. But yeah. they were really famous too. Sure. Still are. Yeah. I mean, in, in our so, age, anyways. But they're now like, yeah. <laughs> our age. They should do the Breakfast Club. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe 30 years from now, they should do like the Breakfast Club scene in a nursing home. A reunion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're all like left in a room. And, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one guy, he OD'd back in the yeah. 80s, and you know, there's only about four or five of them left. Yeah. That'd be really cool. It would be cool. But they were just, it was just a, it was a random thing. There's no way that those people would ever be in the same room. Right. And that's, yeah. Ever. That's what made the whole thing. That was the concept. Like, to get a screenplay to work, 
Yeah. You have to have an idea, like it's called a high concept, mm-hmm. that has not been done. I see. And so the high concept is what can sell it. Like, so when you start produce, like selling, setting out like ideas, like you're a screenplay to somebody, you, you might make this little summary, but what, th- what they want to see is something that has not been done. And so the high concept of these five different groups in one room at the time was just like, wow. And I, and I, and I don't know like uh, very much about the writer, but the writer may have been already established in some way. And, Right. Um, like I don't know, but it was such a such a great movie. Oh my god! Clearly yeah. had some type of a psychology background, wouldn't you think? Or just an understanding of people, yeah. and understanding uh, understanding screenplays and writing and dialogue and how to create tension sure. and bring up all the topics right. that and just have them sitting talking to each other. Right, right. One of those lines, you know, if you saw me in the in the hallway tomorrow, you wouldn't even look at me. You wouldn't even see me. But here you yeah. are talking to me. Right. And they you and know. they go, yeah, you're right. I you're won't. right. I, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that what they Truly. said? You said, I won't. Yeah, yeah, I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a great concept. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. But, boy, there's just, it's, it's again, it's, it's hard to do something new now. Because it's so, you know, they've covered so many aspects but they're still coming up with new stuff all the time. Yeah, but think about it. Like, if, you know, when we met, right, you know, you were telling me stories about your life. I was telling yeah. me stories about my life. And we each have stories that are really worth telling, you know, and that's just why you're doing this podcast, right? Sure. And so, you know, you just have to come up with the concept. Like, the con- you have to just be really original with the concept. And once you get the concept, then you create a great story. Um, yeah, and then, you know, like uh, somebody who's going to read a screenplay will know within a page or two, like a few pages, whether this is a terrible screenplay or not. Because if it if it's not getting to the point, there's certain things that have to happen, like, right away. Right. Like, even when I was learning, they were like, how do you make, like, your first scene amazing, your first page amazing, your intro amazing? Because to capture somebody's interest, you, you need to get them like that. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, but the best part was, like, page 56. No, that's, like, too far. Nobody's going to read that far if your first 55 suck. Right. You know, you need it to all, like, capture you right away. Yeah. You know, I read a lot of uh, an author named Clive Cussler, and uh, he's very action underwater. Mm -hmm. And it's always that first scene. It's just on fire. To just draw you right in, you know, whether yeah. it's a whether there's a story about him searching for a Spanish galleon, he starts you out on the Spanish galleon, you're taking mm-hmm. cannonballs over the top of the, you know, and you're mm-hmm. <laughs> you're there, you know, right. and then he'll the next scene he'll switch back to modern day times and how they're going about this, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's that it's that first boom we could just grab hold of to get that book going. Otherwise, boy, I've paged through three chapters and it's like oh boy i'm gonna have to put this book down i can't right right and a director or producer or a producer who's they're not going to wait that long there's too many screenplays right right, right. and and they're also going to lose the audience exactly right and they know like you were saying earlier they they know how to get it you know i think uh i love uh charles dickens Mm. they say a lot you know almost everything that he's written in that book 
means something. He doesn't put a bunch of fluff in there. Every every sentence has mm-hmm. something to do with that book. Hmm. It yeah. all has to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, that's very interesting, especially when you got a book that's two inches thick. You know, it's like, wow, yeah. he just didn't he didn't fluff around at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? Like, yeah, I, great writing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't read that much. But to hear other people that are avid readers that have mm-hmm. read everything say, wow, this guy at that mm-hmm. time, he just really knew exactly what he was doing. Obviously, it's the Yeah, and you time. don't get teachers in those days, right? No. Like you just right. need, you just got it. You just got it. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go to some screenwriting two, two class. Two classes, <laughs> right, to learn the works. Like <laughs> Pull it up on the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no YouTube videos. <laughs> right, How to write right. a screenplay. Or... Exactly. <laughs> None of that. Just yeah. trial and error, I guess. You yeah, know, or just, just like, yeah, some people just get it. Like yeah. some people get, they just get it. Right, right. That's. I guess that's what I was trying to get to with trying to, what I was explaining, how a story is laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that used to just travel and they, just, they were just storytellers. Mm-hmm. And you would invite them into your home. There's long before TV or anything mm-hmm. else. But, oh, the storyteller was in town. Mm-hmm. And he would stay at somebody's house for three or four days, and everybody in the village would come over there at night and listen to him tell stories mm-hmm. about ancient Ireland or, you know, wherever he was. Right. You know, and he just had a natural knack and, of course, the education to know of what he's talking about, mm-hmm. too. But he just, he knew how to engage the audience, you know. Right. They would feed him for days. They'd let him yeah. live right there. And then, you know, three, four days later, he'd wander on to the next little town and, Get invited in and be just a professional storyteller. So there's people out there that are just phenomenal at it. Right. Right off the jump. And they also didn't have TV. No. You know what I mean? Like, probably took less to stimulate and excite people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, here we've had TV for, you know, when the, the, forever, right? For, well, forever for us. But like, you know, before that, it was the radio. Before that, there was nothing. You know, before that was storytellers, right? Sure. So when you wanted to be entertained, you know, besides books, books have always oh, existed, right? right. Yeah. But if you really, you know, that was the TV, right? Yeah. So you might not have had to be that great. Yeah, that's I mean, true, right? I mean, you, you might didn't not have a whole lot of competition, to, did you? you? You probably didn't have to be an A-lister. You could have probably been B or C and <laughs> yeah, right. like, hey, like, let's hear something a little more interesting. Yeah, right? just the fact that he knows more than us. Let's just listen yeah, to what he has to exactly. say, huh? <laughs> right. That's true. Or, or everybody was so polite, they let him stay, and they're like, never again. Yeah, like, right, sure, right. He can't come back to our town again. <laughs> but there were so many towns, so. <laughs> just keep moving. That's right. <laughs> He was a one-nighter. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going on? Oh, not much. I mean, just kind of wrapping up and uh, got a week and a half left of the extension of my contract. Yeah. And I bring so much down here that I'll spend like a couple of days <laughs> filling up my car and my right. whole car sinks because it's so like filled. Just pack it all in. And- yeah, and then drive a couple of days back up uh, to Washington State and then... My mother is coming in and from the east, east Canadian East from mm. uh, near Niagara Falls and see family and uh, go biking with my nephew and sure. play this strategy game and can't wait to play it. I forgot the name of it. Get back home again. Yeah. Yeah, just do fun. all that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so hopefully the... 
July 4th is when the good weather is supposed to be like coming to the Northwest. Right, right. So hopefully. That's kind of our mark. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then my sister's getting married on the 23rd of July. Oh, so we have some family coming in. Nobody from India. Oh, and okay. I think it's, I think it, the, the whole pandemic made things a little nuts, but we have some family, you know, in North America that are mm. going to be coming and yeah, we're just going to have a good time. And yeah. Yeah. Still pretty scared over in India? I know that population is so huge. Um, well, I know a couple of relatives are traveling. But are they? Yeah, but I think I think because things, I don't know, I think they, they chose not to mm, to make right, it. And right. it's, it's been nice. Like, I think we're, I don't know, like the variants, there's, there isn't a new variant coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was always one ending, one coming. And exactly. now... Right, uh, I mean, right. it's not for sure what can happen. Like anything can happen, but it's kind of nice that things are kind of getting even back to normal. Out. Yeah, yeah. Because a crazy. year ago, I wouldn't be here without a mask. I no. may not have even agreed to do it a year really? ago. Yeah, I was pretty strict yeah. about it. Yeah. In the beginning, I did not want it because yeah. I'd seen what had happened to people, like right. losing their sense of taste and um, smell permanently. Yikes! I love food. Yeah, yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> I know some people have said that it's permanent, huh? Yeah. Nice. I know somebody, in fact, it, she'd already had her vaccination and boosted, but, um, you know, she's super stressed in her life. I think she's more vulnerable, and then she got it, and she ended up losing her sense of smell and taste. It sounds like it did not come back. So everything huh. she eats tastes like cardboard. Wow. That would just wreck life, wouldn't it? It would. For Part me, <laughs> I took up exercise because I love to eat. Yeah, right. Like when I was 13, I gained a whole bunch of weight in one week. Sure. And I'm like, okay, I got to make exercise part gotta of my balance. life. Balance. Yeah. Sure, right. Yeah. But yeah, there's just certain things that if you don't know, you know, it was sort of like some people are just a cold. Some people, right. you know, like a coworker, she lost her sense of taste and smell. Most of it's come back, but her mm-hmm. fiance right beside her never got anything it was Hmm. just such an interesting virus so yeah so a year ago i was a little more anal a little more like i guess right at first i was they Mm -hmm. kind of freaked me out like Mm -hmm. 10 percent of italy is dying it has died it's like holy cow Mm -hmm. like better take this a little more serious but as it went on i get pretty sick of it you know Mm -hmm. I, i just can't live like that i can't live with the stress level yeah. I never got sick. I work on doctors and nurses and right. all day you long. You had a good immune people, system. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess. But some people did. And right. um, like my friend's ex-husband died of it. Yeah. His, his roommate went to church before the vaccine came out and went to a public church. No masks and came right. back, spread it to all the roommates. And my friend's ex-husband died. Really? I mean, it just mattered who got it and so many kids lost their parents sure. and, you know it's just if it hits you it's terrible and you would see it go in families so yeah. there was a genetic component and yeah. i just had to get to the point where i don't care yeah it's like i'm almost you know pushing 60 in the next three or four years here right i've had a, a phenomenal life right if it, if this is it i'm okay with that hmm yeah. You know, I have to be okay with it because yeah. if it takes me out, I have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I won't take my stress level above to where I can live. 
Yeah, no, you know? I hear you. I actually wanted it. Like this, these last Truly. two variants. Yeah, you I don't even like, want to say that out loud. But you know what? I did say it out loud. I was like, I want to get it. And then my sister's like, don't try to get it yeah. because it's a clotting disease and you can get issues. And I, I said, okay. Too. But I literally had somebody at work who was right beside me. We documented for half an hour, like literally right beside me, closer than you are. Really? And he was out for couple of week a week and then another co-worker and we have this our office is probably the size of this room maybe a tiny bit bigger and like we can have eight or ten people in there you were breathing each other's air for sure those blue masks are oh you had a mask on but still they're they're not a great mask so um i was like and then i was super tired for two weeks and i'm like by the time i finally thought something was happening i did get tested but i was negative oh, yeah. but my mother her residents like she, they're all like elderly mm-hmm. it's it took a year before it even swept through really and they just before they were eligible for the vaccine and out of 96 people eight of them died and my mother was tested positive but she went as an she said i think i was tired so i think i had good genetics you know right. like Right. Because so maybe you got it. You just got a little tired, but you still. I think I was tired for two weeks and so, it just, hmm. I think that was how it affected. And a lot of people just came in and out, but some people later had damage to their lungs. Like the right. earlier variants went to the lungs and did stuff. My mother well, that's actually, true too, right? It, mm-hmm. As it went on, it got less deadly, but it got more contagious because it yeah. didn't want to kill the host. Right. It just want to last forever. It just wanted to <laughs> use it to jump to the next one. Yeah, it was like, yeah, there was more contagious and more. Yeah, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm ready to have it because okay. I because that exactly. stress level, it's like, okay, I want it. And I, I can't just, do this anymore. Yeah, and it's a choice because like if you did get it and something happened, you know, I said I made that choice. Sure. So you know, and I think I've been exposed now. Sure. Oh yeah, I'm Bef- sure. I before, have. like, yeah. yeah. I don't know how I could not have been. Yeah, and my sister was super around because she was where it started, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of protection for oh. staff and not enough masks and all this. And right. I was like, a year later, I was like, there's no way you didn't get it sure. exposed. But she recently had it, and her fiancé, so now they're clear for their wedding. I'm like, you got the best booster now. It's the, yeah, right. it's the, actual, kind of a, it's the actual variant yes. versus the original vaccine is a little bit off now. It's is still... It? Well, because I think it's, you know, it's based on the original one, right? Because of the variant. I see, right. Yeah, so they keep, ch- the, like, this this virus is like a cold virus, right? So mm. it's not like the polio was, like, one thing. Right. It was, keeps changing. So, but they just were sick a month ago. So they're good to go yeah. for the wedding. They don't, right, right. imagine how many people have to cancel their big events for. So many. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, right. you're good now. <laughs> You're good to go. Yeah. Go ahead on. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, just couldn't do that anymore. But uh, I mean, people come in and they say, I've got people that are immune compromised at home. Can you wear a mask? Of course. Right. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. Because it yeah. could be coming through you and not affecting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know enough about it. So, yeah. We don't, except, <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky not to get it, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Exactly. So you're going to go back up for a little while. Mm-hmm. You can uh, do some screenwriting. Yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hoping to step back, but I'm going to be looking for my next contract or another job. Oh, and, you are? Yeah. Okay. And I, there's an off, off, off chance I could come back. 
here, but I will likely lose, lose the housing I had because they're mm. going to look for people as soon as I leave. Sure. So uh, right. I loved where I lived. So. Yeah. Do you want to go somewhere else or you just kind of look at the list and go, uh, hmm. Well, the truth is I'd like to just make it in, into in intuitive uh, coaching. I mean, if I could sure, do that full right. time, yeah, yeah, right. I, I would love to do that because yeah. my job is so physical, like lifting, you know, I'm not huge and I'm yeah. lifting people sure. that are huge mm-hmm. compared to me. And uh, at this age, for sure, I'd like to kind of get away from that. Something we have to start thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'd rather reserve my body for sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Keep everything rocking and rolling. Yeah, next year, like, because I've done a marathon and I've done this big 200-mile bike ride. But that that was, I did a marathon when I was 49, mm. and then I did this big bike ride thing. It's called the Seattle to Portland ride wow. um, on a, a mountain bike mm-hmm. uh, over two days. Um, of course, I was a lot younger, but I want to do a half Ironman. That is one thing I want to do. I'll be super, super slow. I've got a genetic issue with my red blood cells. I'm, I can do it. I'm just yeah. super, super slow. Sure. Um, that's the next big athletic endeavor I would like sure. to do. It's the finish line we're chasing. Like, yeah. Pardon? It's the finish line we're chasing. Not so yeah, much the well, speed of it all. Yeah, yeah. No, just want to get it. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. It. Exactly. And there, there is one race in, in that they have in September. Just, okay. Um, that's up in Washington State. The only thing is they say you have to be able to do, uh, like, the swim, the, the, the bike, and half the run – like, do you know what the mileages are for Ironmans and stuff? Like, I'm, like I want to do the half. or something and 22 or... Well, like, it's I've like... Had a, I've had for, a few people that do those in here, but I don't remember. Yeah, so the swim is about a 1.1 mile swim, and then the bike ride, I think, is 66 miles. Oh, is it this, really This is the far? half Ironman, yeah, and then and then uh, half a marathon. Mm. And then the full Ironman is twice that. So I want to just do the half. The full is going to be way too much. But, um, but, yeah, so you had to have done... The swim, the bike ride, and half the run by a certain time. And that's going to be tight. Right. And so. it's like, what well, you can tell me? I can't finish the last six miles because I was too slow. But, I mean, you could just keep running. Uh, and yeah, you, you know what I mean? Sure. If they can right. say, well, we have to take you out the course. Well, then you can't stop me from running anywhere. You know? <laughs> right. I would finish it. And for myself, I would say that. And then Everybody will be gone, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, I did it. That's right. That's what we're chasing. <laughs> exactly. I'm not trying to win it. No. Exactly. Right. But there's a, lot of, there's, there's a lot of people out here that do the half marathons. And yeah, I've I, done I didn't a few. know that there was a half Ironman. Yeah, so there's a full Ironman, there's a half Ironman. Um, yeah, the full one is like crazy, two point, maybe it's 2.1 mile swim, 112-mile uh, bike. And twenty six point two. You do a full marathon at the end of that. Wow! Imagine being on a bike and then you get off and get a run. <laughs> Seems like when I work on people like that, everybody has their weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm terrible on a bike. Or, uh, swimming is my weak point. You know, so that's what they really try to work on. Right. You know, try to get that swimming up or wherever. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. It's scientific. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So, but you got to be good at all three things. Woo! Well, you have to be decent enough yeah. and keep going, you know, and I, and I think the order of it is out of safety because like if you're tired and let's say the, the wa- like the swim was the last one, well, you drown. And you know what I mean? <laughs> so they do like the swim first and the bike ride. Well, you know, you're kind of up on wheels going, you know, maybe fast. fast. Yeah, <laughs> probably. 
Not in my case, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> even downhill, I'll yeah. break. But so, and then the run, you're just on the ground. So if you right. pass out, you're just you so know what I mean. That so, last. so I think that that's. Sense. I think there's a logic why it's in that order. Danger. Yeah. Right. That yeah. Makes sense. So that that's something I might like to do next year, but really? I haven't. Yeah, I keep. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm having some plantar fasciitis issues with running, so okay, I have yeah. to kind of get over that. But yeah. I was on my feet a lot with this job, so we can fix that. I know. I know you. you, you <laughs> talked about fun, like but... if I go in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm tough enough. <laughs> oh, a little bit at a time. Yeah. Just got to get that to let go, otherwise that foot will start bending. You know. And yeah. It really cause problems. Yeah. Conversation kicks in. And preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, well, I, but I also need to like use some of my energy stuff also and try to clear what's yeah. going on there right, too. Right. So yeah. I wish I had more questions to ask you about the energy thing. I just did, I just am not. You don't know what to ask. I don't know what to ask. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I, I, other than like we talked about a little bit, you know, where I can feel it on people. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I mean, I don't even know what to ask you on that. Where what do you want to study next on that? I don't know. Like right now, I just. You know, you just find courses. You just yeah. find a lot of, um, yeah, you just find courses and different people. Like, I just always found something. And right now, I'm still going through this one teacher, but then one of my friends is learning through a new teacher. And so she's teaching me things such as, because um, we we're always getting our guidance, or okay. the universe is talking to us, or our guides, or whatever, but we're usually so chatty in our heads and think, 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 think. Um, that she'd come up with this thing. She said, yeah, you ask the question every day and you sit quietly for, an, for a half an hour and wait for the answer. And, and one of the things of guidance is like, you know, when you want to manifest something, it's not like you're going to just like, you know, everything's just going to fall in your lap. It's you're going to be guided to take actions. And you're going to be also, you know, so you're not just sitting here waiting to order, you know, your plate of food. You've got to go like to the restaurant and you've mm. got to like, do something and you you got to take actions and you got to take actions you've never taken before that are going to feel uncomfortable or scary you know to get beyond where you are to pull that in and then the work I do is like the more light you can hold the easier it is to like start to manifest things like Mm. I really felt I kind of manifested you in a way like it was just really cool to be on this on this podcast because like a year ago or um somebody else was gonna or maybe a year and a half ago was gonna have me a friend said oh i'll get you on this podcast with this person it never worked right but i always thought that would be the coolest thing sure and i literally walked off a massage table that day because i knew the place was not professional like Mm -hmm. i literally they were not polite. They didn't want my name. It was all weird. And yeah. I said, I'm out of here. Because yeah. I, I have an in, a hill cord injury, injury and I needed communication. So I literally walked off. I had already seen you online. And then it was like, but I saw your slots were filling up. I'm like, man, I can just like, do it. <laughs> so I did it. And then I got to meet you. And then, you, you know, you're such a fascinating person. Just what you were sharing about your family. Yeah. And Thank you. in fact, you did this podcast. Like, it's just... It just felt like wow, like you are a manifestation. That's what I was looking for, for, huh? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I forgot <laughs> I was looking for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you pull like one of the things I do also is like I will send energy to pull like uh, people, um, circumstances, events um, that will help you move forward in life, or you know, like just grow you in life, kind of thing. So like I try to pull that in. So I felt like you were that, you mm. know. 
you know, for whatever it's worth, it's like something I've never done before. So right. it's just a fun and new adventure. That's cool. Yeah. You know, since I've been here to California, <clears throat> I had a lot of people talk about their spirit guides or mm-hmm. their animal guides or their mm-hmm. I right. don't know what they're talking about. I'm from way up in the woods. <laughs> yeah, from Michigan. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's interesting to it, to listen to that. Um there must be a school of thought because I've heard it more than once where sure, they actually yeah. have animal guides that are helping them through or it's like Yeah. I'm not sure if I get that. Yeah, and I think it's people you know, there's just other beings that exist outside the realm of, like, reality, kind mm-hmm. of like what people see that you can touch. And But sometimes you, people, I think it'll they'll appear to you as you want them to appear. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say, you know, you're very um, religious. So you might have one of the, you know, the real, you know, the known angels or Jesus or somebody come to you. But if you are of a different religion, I that's my belief. They'll whatever you want to pull in will kind of show up. And so people have animal guides that are, um, they're just like these beings in another realm that can help you guide you through life, Mm -hmm. like your own trainer that knows more than you and can guide you. But you always want to hold on to your, like in my opinion and other people, you also always want to hold on to your own power. You don't Mm -hmm. want to blindly follow Something you've got to also make sure it feels right inside of you that it's, you know, you're also wanting to learn to use your own intuition of what is the right thing to do and what steps, you know, like because you, I mean, you you were in construction, right? And then you, I don't know if at one point you'd never imagine you would be doing what you're doing now, right? Right. But somehow something spoke to you. You used your own guidance. You went to school, and you know you create the life you have now. Right. And that was, I would believe, you know, listening, you know, they talk about your higher self too. There's this really wise part of you that's Mm -hmm. also communicating. That's part of who you are. Right. And so there's just a lot of different voices that you can perceive to help you go through life. Like you have a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like you can go to school and you you get teachers or you go to the gym, you get a trainer, right? So there's people, you know, there's beings like that can help you through your life if mm-hmm. you can listen. Um, but you right. also, like I said, you don't want to go blindly. Right. You know, and there's also not so great energies there. Right. And I, I remember my friend um, had, he would hear voices, right? And he mm-hmm. came to our home years ago. I remember I already believed that there were things out there that were lower energy sure i told him i said oh your voices are real <laughs> and i remember thinking later was that helpful or worse like was that worse news <laughs> is that good or bad is that worse news because but there are ways to clear out those energies because in my belief system when you pass away your soul still exists and you go to the light but some people get stuck in the in between they don't sometimes they don't even know they died mm. and sometimes they you know, if it's a very traumatic, quick death, sometimes they don't pass sure. on fast enough. Right. And those are that's what ghosts are. Yeah. And then, um, so, but yeah, they can be energies where you'll feel, like I remember when I interviewed for one of my contracts for 24 hours, I felt this, I don't get, in, I don't get um, really nervous for like an interview or something like sure, that because right. I just go and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so I was, it was 24 hours before I was going to interview over the phone, and I felt this tremendous anxiety for 24 hours. And I'm like, what the? Like, why am I so anxious? And then had the interview, found out this hospital had a wing for prisoners. And I'm not prejudiced. Like, I really know people just do the best in life. Sure. But I think some of those darker energies that were around the prisoners in that place came into my home mm. and attached to me. Sure. And as soon as I, I came off the phone, I called my recruiter and I said, I don't like I don't want to do this contract. I don't know why, but I'm getting such a sick feeling about it. And she totally supported me. Really? And then like that thing went. Really? Yeah, there's just stuff around like, yeah. that people don't right. want to know about it. But um but you can learn how to protect your own energy pretty easily actually. Right. And then um yeah, so sometimes, like, your emotions are not even your, your emotions. So you could be beside somebody. So aside from these other things around us, you can enter and you're just suddenly really pissed off. Right. You don't even know why, but you're with somebody who's pissed off and you've taken that up. You put it into you and then you, like, feel it. Just like what you were talking about, your massage and your heart started to go. Mm. You can do that with emotions. Right. So, um, so that then also becomes a trick. Is this mine? Is this something sure. else? Is that somebody else's? Or that's something you need to know, though, because I would just automatically think that's me. Yeah, you have to stop and ask. Right. And sometimes your guidance will tell you, but you, it has to occur to you to stop right, and ask. Right. Right. <laughs> is this mine? Yeah. But if it's so out of context, that's when you might pay attention. Yeah. Like I didn't understand that anxiety. And another time, I was going to go live somewhere. I got kind of stranded actually down here when the pandemic started because where I live was the height at the beginning and I didn't go back up. And um, finally my sister said, oh, there's this place and this whatever. And then I talked to them and they dealt with all these crazy energies. Mm. And I started to get this weird anxiety. That was the first time I'd had this anxiety. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm living in this cheap, like cheap hotel or I could go live in a two-bedroom, two-bath place for really cheap, attached to their other part of the house of these people, near my family. And I chose to be a 1,000 miles from my family and stay in a cheap hotel where there was brown water coming out sometimes because they were delving in weird energies, but they didn't know how to clean their space. And one of them, I know it sounds really crazy, but it came down, locked into me, and as soon as I said to myself, there's no way I'm living there, it detached and disappeared. No kidding. Yeah. Right. It was you weird. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I've often, uh, I've heard different things from mm-hmm. uh, somebody who has passed. You hear things happening that they used to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, is their energy still here? That's a shame. I hate to think that they're stuck here. Um, yeah, and what you can actually do is if you, you know, if you have a loved one, mm-hmm. you know, you can just, um, like, imagine light in them. Right. And then just visualize them in light and going up to the light kind of thing. You can actually just kind of do that. You can send them away, huh? You can send them up. Yeah. Or just ask their guidance to yeah. help them get to sure. the other side. Right, right. Yeah. Because you think years later, it's like, are they still there? Yeah. They're still stuck in that particular spot. They can be. Yeah. That'd they be can crazy. be. That yeah, it's a lot. Terrible. Oh, yeah, and I was going to say, like, you saw the movie The Sixth Sense yes. way back when, sure, right? Sure, 
So some people can really perceive those energies. I can sometimes know, but I don't perceive. And I've met people, though, that can really perceive. But yeah, and then like I had a friend when I was at part of the spiritual center and she said, oh, yeah, like I see all kinds of things. And then they come in, they bug me because they want me to give a message to somebody. And I said, that's so cool. Because right. I thought, wow, you've got this ability. And she said, it's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> she didn't want that ability. Really? Right. Yeah. So, but I've, yeah, I've had, yeah, I've been around people that could see things, really see things. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like really perceive it. Like they're just extrasensory. But I, I do it for more, like if I tune in, I can kind of sense. Right. kind of, But not as more knowing than a like feeling. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get goosebumps if I'm really tuning in. Sure. Right. Yeah, but I think maybe I prefer it that way, too. Do you? Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be able to perceive everything that's there. Not everything, but... No. Nice to get out, have a little bit. Yeah, because you can just be more aware of your space and right. what's in it and whether you're making clear decisions, not polluted by other energies and other energies like entities and these darker... They'll pull your energy down if you let them mm. in, in you and sure. stuff. So, or, yeah. yeah, but it's, I don't know, energy is just really cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my ex-wife was very sensitive on different things. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. Like in what way sensitive? Um, I remember one time she sat up and she, she, she said, I had this crazy dream that... Um, somebody named Mandela there was just tons of black people jumping up and down just cheering and this uh, Mr. Mandela was speaking we had no idea this was before he got no and like two days later he got released from prison and she was watching the TV and there's people on bleachers jumping up God. and down while Nelson Mandela is making the speeches. Like, how is that even possible? Right. That you could come up with that. You know, that's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, she knew it was going to happen. She's not yeah. uh, educated in that. She doesn't. But she's just naturally psychic. Or just she tuned naturally, in. right? Yeah. And I had a friend die, and um, that night, she had a vision of this girl taking her to her mom. Mm -hmm. To the girl that died's mother and was doing this pointing at her, mm -hmm. like, take care of her because this is going to be rough or something. And so, you know, it was like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Why would you have that dream? You know, why would she, why would she come to me? But it was, she was easier accessible, maybe. Right. Or she can just <clears throat> perceive it. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, just like they go, they were going to my friend, all those like ghosts or whatever yeah. people, they were like. Because right. they knew she had saying. the ability. Right, right. Maybe they felt it easier to get through to her. Right. Because they're like jumping all around us. Watch out like, for my mom or, you yeah. know, or something. It was, that's just, that's, it's too coincidental. It's too weird outside of that realm. Well, my mother had a similar dream. Like yeah. one day when we were, it was 1980s. My mother used to take naps and she got up and she said, wow, I had this really crazy deep dream like she would have these complete stories often when she would remember her dreams she said my father is cross trying to cross the river and my mother's on the other side so three hours later we got a call from india that her father had passed away three hours earlier wow 
And her mother had already passed away, like in the sure. late sixties. Right. So like this is kind of what you're. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get across. Yeah. It's just, that's too coincidental. Exactly. It was the exact timing and my mother. Oh, just, exactly. It's exact timing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff that, yeah. um, like I knew like Ronald Reagan was going to pass away. Did you? Yeah. A few wow. days before I said, and I didn't tell anybody, I just told my sister, I said, okay, I have this really weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I can tell your sister. He's going to pass away because I was part of the spiritual group and I was like afraid, like I'd never had a premonition before. So I just tell my sister, I said, I think he's going to pass away today <laughs> right. or tomorrow, sometime this week. So it was like a Tuesday or something, Sunday, because I, I used to live with them and help raise their kids. And she runs down to my apartment on Sunday. She, on the front, Ronald Reagan had passed away the day before. Wow. Yeah. But that was just a random thing. Yeah. I remember just driving and just having that thought come in. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I thinking of him? Because it was... <laughs> 2000 and I can't remember what year it was, but hmm. 2004 maybe. And it was like, why the heck? I remember just questioning because we have so many thoughts running through our head. And I remember stopping on that thought. I'm like, why the heck am I thinking of this right. president? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I know because he's going to die today or tomorrow, sometimes this week. And then I thought I was sure full enough. of shit. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like... You don't want to say it out loud because you might be wrong, but after it happens, it's like, wow, how yeah. did I know that? And it's not like every day. So, like, sure. you know, but it, it was one... You know, and I wonder how often it happens, but it comes in and out so fleetingly that people don't recall it, maybe mm-hmm. really register these things. Because we're all psychic. We all have ability to know things. Animals are very psychic. Yeah. You know, like... You know, before the tsunami, they said a lot of pe- a lot of animals went up to higher ground and things. You know, like the big one in two thousand four, or really? one, you know, like the one in in India and like Thailand, like um, like animals will know before sometimes things happen. And then they've had also things where a species in different regions start a new behavior at the same time, but they're not even in touch. I was just going to say that. I've yeah. seen those studies. On the other side of the world, the rats are doing right. what these are doing over here, or they're learning quicker. There's like, something. How is that? Right, because it's a psychic. There's no time and space, like, yeah. really, the essence. I was driving down the road. We were heading down to, uh, I guess we were heading down to Ventura, take a little vacation, and just heading down Highway 1, and I, I just had this weird feeling. And I said... Uh, I think so-and-so just tried to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know why, just out of the blue, out of the quiet, you mm-hmm. know. And then I thought about it maybe a week later, and I called some mm-hmm. friends and, and said, uh, how's, so? I don't want to say names, how's so-and-so doing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, hmm. It's like, well, I had this funny thing happen to me. Tell me what's going on over there. And they're like, that's the same day his wife tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. It was like, I hadn't thought about this person in a decade. Right. Or maybe a little bit less, mm-hmm. but it was like, how is that? I mean, it was a coincidence, but there was something made me think about that right at the same time that right. was well, happening. It's a coincidence, but you, you tapped into it. How did that happen? I, you just had a relaxed thousand miles away. Well, that's the thing. There's no time and space, right? Exactly. Like in a way, like, so the psychic realm, it doesn't matter where you are. Right. 
Like, I can do distance healing, like raking craniosacral across the country. Like, I did it once to my friend years ago. I was in the Washington State. She was in Massachusetts. And then she totally felt it. And then she didn't tell me at the time, but she was holding her kids' hands, and they both felt it. Really? And they all had visions. It was so cool. Right. Um, But, yeah, like, I remember um, a similar story to that, like, there was just some kid I used to know, and I remember thinking, like, something's going to happen, like, when he's 14. Like, I think it was already in the U.S., and I just felt like he's going to die or something. And I would not find this out till probably 20 years later, but he did try to commit suicide at that age and hang himself, mm-hmm. and the mother found him, and he, he was fine. He ended up living, but... Oh, he did. But it, I was just like, I remember having this really sick feeling for a few years, like this, something's really bad. And he was actually in a car crash. Mm. And I was actually wondering if he he was underage and he took the car. And I, I actually wonder if it wasn't not an accident. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just remember this sick feeling of like, this person, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's too detailed to yeah. be a coincidence, but... Uh, and, and not like a, a normal thought. Yeah, right, outside right? of them. And then oh. it was like around that age, like things happened. Yeah. Do and you I, meditate? I do every day. Do you really? Yeah, it's not very focused. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I have for years. Have you? Yeah. But a lot of the thoughts come in like when I'm driving or running, actually. Mm. Yeah, I'll just have things like the Ronald Reagan thing was while I was driving. And the other one, I don't remember Mm. about the kid. But, um, yeah, I think sometimes when you just have this quiet moment, things will pop in when you stop that chatter Mm. and you kind of open up your, you know, your awareness of things around you. Mm. Things can pop in. And I think the more you do it, the more it will happen. Like it's like a muscle. Right, right. It's very interesting listening to people talk about how they meditate. There's so many Mm -hmm. different ways you know, I was listening to a monk talk. I don't know if I talked about th- this with you before, mm-hmm. but uh, he was saying that you can meditate standing in the line at a grocery store. Oh, totally. You just need to uh, maybe close your eyes for a minute and picture. Um, I was a curious George freak as a, as, mm-hmm. as a child. So I picture this little monkey with a lever. Mm-hmm. Inhale, pull mm-hmm. back, exhale forward. Right. And if I can get that monkey mind of mine to just focus in on that monkey, just pulling a lever, mm-hmm. positive, negative, right. inhale, exhale. Otherwise, that monkey's chattering. Oh, yeah. Because I got to give him a job yeah. to do. Otherwise, he's he's between my reptile mm-hmm. brain and the brain. Right. So he's the one that's messing everything up. Oh, totally. Yeah. So give him a job. To well, do. Good. Give the monkey a job. I was like, that's amazing. And I've tried that and it's amazing. It yeah. really is. You it quiets can, your mind. It quiets the mind. Because you know it quiets, gives us something to do. What you a know great concept. My, you know what quiets my mind? What's that? When I try to go watch my thoughts, they stop. Really? But then I lose focus and then yeah. they start again. I forget what I was doing. But, right. but you, yeah, if I'm really good at it and I just go to watch the thoughts, because they say watch your thoughts and just be disconnected, but mine just stop. Mm. It's like you're onto it and then like, <laughs> right. It's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I had one guy say that uh, to imagine that you're looking out a window mm-hmm. 
and watch your thoughts go by. Mm-hmm. But pretend like they're birds and don't let them land. Mm-hmm. Just keep them going. Right. Don't let them land. Just mm-hmm. fly by the window, you know, but acknowledge the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just, I was right. like, that's an interesting concept too. Yeah, it's, it's more what I've heard, yeah. but then that kind of idea to watch them, yeah. but then for me, they just stop. Because you're not going to stop it. Well, in my case, they stop. Well, I mean, you're not going to stop your mind from... You can. Can you? Well, yeah, as it, maybe, yeah. I mean, you've been doing it longer than I am, but... Well, I mean, I'm not very good at it. Yeah, yeah, right. But, um, but you can. Like, if you find... I mean, you did. You, you found your own trick. You found your monkey with the Yeah, yeah, thing. right, right. <laughs> but you can also, um, like I learned transcendental meditation. Mm. And when I've done it well, um, like you're taught a word that's a nonsensical word that they give you. And then you repeat it. And then you, you don't worry about it. The focus goes out. But when you're good at it, like when I got really good at it and did twice a day for 20 minutes... I would, well, one, I had to make sure that I did it right after work because mm. if I did it too late, it affected my sleep. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, but my sense of direction was better. I felt my memory was better. Mm. Yeah, and you just repeat this nonsensical word, and then um, that keeps your mind occupied, occupied with something, but mm. it's not even a real word. Right. But except, unfortunately, the word they gave me is similar to somebody's name I used to know. Oh, right. I should make up a new one. Make but, a new one, right? Sure. But um, I think they had their choice how they do it. But, sure. But, but really, it's a concept. Sure. So you right. make you up can a change name. that. Yeah, I could. And you're not supposed to share it with anybody. But I found that really effective. Hmm. And you would just feel yourself if you stayed focused, if you really. And then it becomes like. An energy versus the word, in a way, like after if you keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating in your head. I see, yeah. And then you can feel yourself sink almost. And then sometimes I'll kind of fall asleep or something, but it's giving um, your brain permission to yeah let go. It's kind yeah. of what it sounds like. Yeah. So there's different techniques, and sometimes like when I've run, I used to like count my breaths. One, two, three, like every breath was a one, two, three, four, then start again. One, two, three, four. And you can do that. That's, that's, I, I think that's, I think anything that gets you to stop that chatter. Yeah. Like your monkey wrench thing. And, sure. Right. You know, counting your breaths. That's, that's another way that people, um, not, they don't say to do it while you run, but why not? Um, but yeah, you can also count your breaths hmm. and, uh, quiet your mind if you can stay focused that's like that's yeah. the key to stay focused on something sure yeah they talk about active meditation it's mm-hmm. just as i don't know just as good but there's all kinds there's so yeah. many types gardening you know you hear people i just got to get home and do my gardening that's definitely a form of meditation it is it's where you away. like settle and you know the ground is so like you know if you can really connect to the ground and just ground yourself right. and let all these extra energies like sure. that's why people love to garden or be in nature right. or hike you know or swim in the ocean in the lakes hmm. you know nature is very soothing right. and healing earth's energy mm-hmm. right yeah absolutely that's so cool yeah so what an interesting podcast we've had today. Yeah, we, we talked covered about a lot everything. of ground. We did. Is there anything that we missed? Well, we'll only realize when we come off. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. Thank yeah. you very much. So we're going to do some story writing and screenplays. Yeah. Hopefully we can yeah. put a story together. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I just have to, 
get get my mindset back to that. Sure. I think my priority is going to be um, my priority is going to be kind of to like find my next job and and work sure. on my intuition thing. But you know, it doesn't take a lot. Like some of these things, like writing. If I were to sit down for thirty minutes a week, you know, I would be making progress. And sometimes even a week. Yeah, like even thirty minutes a week. Sure. Like I haven't really written for three years. I played with the idea. Sure. I've actually have a whole outline uh-huh. for the story. There's just, right. just some holes um, in the story. But I was like, man, I could just write it. Just start writing because my brain works better. Sure. Like my word recall is better if I'm writing more because it just you know works my brain a different sure. way and it's fun and it's it's that whole thing to just sit down and do it mm. you know and then it's fun and time I lose time when I write yeah well you got to keep it active I remember after high school you know, I mean after like summer time in high mm-hmm. school you come back and I was really good at math mm. but boy that first week. <laughs> Everything's all rusty and not turning right. And yeah, got to kind of get everything active again. Get the yeah. get the mo, you know, get the gears turning again, and then it'll then it starts clicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you it's getting do. into the habit too. Yeah. Like for anything you want to do that's out of your routine. Right. Sometimes you have to just get back into the habit. That's why yeah. classes were good because I was always a nerd about school. Like I had to keep up, and and that just kept me going. Yeah. Right. Right. I always did real well in school, but I just was an atrocious uh, at doing homework and doing assignments and doing passing, you know, the quizzes. And then I'd crush the test at the end. Like, oh, you're cheating. It's like, I'm not cheating. I just don't. I'm just smart. I don't get well. (laughs) Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. But, But I didn't have to. I didn't have to be so organized. You know, if I was more organized, it would have got better grades, obviously. But I got by. Right. It was more efficient. In my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. uh, I overstudied. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was made sure I was, you know. You just knew it. Yeah. Right. I was just compelled to do it. Yeah. You know, I've said this before. When I went back to college in my 40s, late 40s, I was looking for a career. I wasn't looking to see what was on the test. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, is the, all the kids in the class, is this going to be on the test? It's like, just learn it. They're teaching it because they want you to know because it. Because you want to use it. Yeah. Put it in your holster. You may need it someday. Right. Just learn it. Yeah. You know? It's like, isn't that crazy. why you're really here? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you trying to get a, a, a grade? Are you trying to get... Were a, they a lot younger than yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Mm. Yeah. High school, coming out of college. There's a couple of people. Yeah. You know, so there's still in that mentality, like, no. just pass a test. Exactly. It's not about, right. like, actually learning it. That's the difference about going in as an adult because I know what I want now. Right. You know, I don't care what this teacher thinks of me. Mm. I couldn't give a flying wingding what this guy thinks of me. Right. Because he's intelligent and he knows I need to get as much out of him as I can. But what he thinks about me personally or what he gives me. It's irrelevant. I don't care. Right. It doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but that means a lot to somebody that's coming out of high school. Right, they're always so, just still focused on the grade and all exactly. That. So, yeah. well, I tell you what, they were so perfectly organized and color coded, and all the <laughs> folders were just, you know, and mine's are a pile of crap inside of my <laughs> hockey bag, you know, right. trying to find. And uh, but uh, once you got them on the table, they were a little lost mm-hmm. because they didn't the physical what they were trying to do was escaped. There wasn't anything they had to keep track of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you saw that a lot of that. Actually, one a really great massage. I mean, it's probably by exception. Like the first massage I ever had was a student because mm. when I was in um, doing PT school, 
one of my classmates had an older sister who's a massage therapist and was maybe teaching in one of the massage schools. Mm. And so we were able to get these free massages. Nice. And one of them, like the first massage I ever had, she was really good. Like she was really good. And then the second guy was terrible because he's like, I only want to work on one body part, like your arm. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, no, it's not the way yeah. it works. <laughs> well, you better, you know, if you start your practice, be, but then I, a few couple of years ago, I was in some city doing a contract and just chose somebody to see. And she was kind of like that. Really? And I'm like, you know, you might want to mention that in your website because I wanted a full, I go for full body. You know, yeah. that's what I want. Right, right. And but it was just interesting. I've been caught on that one before myself because I'm sometimes I'm caught in the middle. Because mm-hmm. Somebody will come in and say, you know, I haven't been able to move this arm or the shoulders locked right. up. It's like, well, do you want me to just check on it while I'm doing the full massage or do you want me mm-hmm. to work on just that body part? I, I get what they're saying because I do have, I, I, I could probably fix that, but it's going to take me a half an hour. Right. Of this hour massage, and I'm not going to be able to flip you over. I'm not going to be able to right. do Depends this foot massage. Priority. I can't do the scalp massage. Right. right. So I've had to come across that a few different times where I've, you know, I don't want to have you come and maybe just list it maybe on the on the mm-hmm. website where the difference is. Yeah, I'm still fighting with that one. Well, Because I do you mean, find myself where I don't have enough time to finish the massage sometimes because there was something that really right. had to spend some time on. But I, I think you do a good job because you 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 kind of came across that with me. Yeah. And you said, well, you know, you kind of just spell it out Did I? a little bit. Yeah, and you yeah. just said, you know, I might need to spend more time here. You know, and you just, right. you just, you just, I think the best thing is to communicate. Right. You don't need to put it in the website. You can just say, hey, I know you came for here. This is what I see. And what is your choice? Mm, right. You know? Right. And if they say, what do you think? Then you tell them what you it's think. It's all down to communication, really. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, you'll see, you know, they're also coming to you as a professional, right? Right, And right. then, you know, like even as a physical therapist, like we can say, we recommend this. Because they're like, oh, I'm not going to use it. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use the walker when I go home. And, you know, we'll, you know, I can say, okay, well, when you go home... You know, you can obviously do what's right for you. Right. But this is why I think you should stick with the walker for a while. You have a high risk for a fall. But, you know, you have, you know, free will and free choice. Mm. So you make that choice. But this is my recommendation. And then you you let them make that choice. Yeah. You know. Right. I think you did it fine. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I have to work on that one a little bit. Work on my communication skills. You want to talk too much, but. Yeah, but I think it's. I think, well, with me, I think I understood, you yeah, know, like you said, good. I may not be able to spend as much time because blah, sure. blah, blah, we were working on a spot right, and you right. were like, and you said that. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I have to break that down with everybody. Right. You know. And just. Right. Because sometimes you won't know until you get right. to someplace. They won't even know. It's like, holy cow, wait a minute. Yeah. This is not right here at all. Yeah. And so often, like, you know, like this one part, like my scapula. It tends to do that. It used to kind of wings out. Mm. and But often it's happened that the side that's most of evident to like the massage therapist, piss, I am feeling the signs of the tightness on the other side, right? Sure. So you got to fix the part. You've got to go to the part that's where the problem is, you know, and the body's so connected. So like I remember this one 
teacher, chi running instructor. I became a chi running instructor. Mm. That's a whole other area. Yeah, too. yeah, right. And he was saying how when they loosened his shoulder, massage therapist, he got a better stride on the other side of his right. leg. Because everything's attached. Uh, there also is crisscross, too, a lot of times. Right. If you're having a problem in your right mm-hmm. shoulder, you're going to have a problem in your left hip. Yeah. I have found that. I don't know whether, that's, whether it's compensation doing that, it's getting you sideways like that, could I'm be, not sure. Could but be multiple reasons. Could be multiple reasons. Sure. Yeah, and so it's sort of like, you know, like, but I'm sore over there. But then, you know, once they went in and they were like, you're like, oh, my God, like, I didn't know there were so many knots in there. Because once you start the person, right. you or somebody, it's like, whoa, it is really bad. Sure. And referred pain. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of times or, it's or hurting s- here and then I'll release something on their spine and then, mm-hmm. oh, that just went away. Right. It's like, yeah, it's not really coming from there. It's pinching a nerve somewhere that right. is making your arm hurt or, you know. Exactly. And that's where intuition comes in also. Right, like you, right. I mean, you have your ability to feel and see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll also know. Like, sure. Like you probably know things more than you realize yeah. because you, you've been doing this how long now? About 12 years. Yeah. yeah. There's probably intuition. Like sure. even even consider knowing you have it mm-hmm. and even open up the awareness of like letting that ability come in sure. um, and just add to, you know, helping you be more in tune to mm-hmm. yourself and the person. Self-confidence. Uh, it's it's yeah, part of it, but, it's, of times, but, but yeah. it's, it's confident. But awareness. It's awareness and tuning in to yourself sure. and others. Right, right. Like it's not even confidence well maybe in the that trusting your couple of years where you're trying to build your self-confidence you feel it but now you've got so many years behind you yeah yeah and you might just like know like they're oh wow like i know i need like i know when i do just pure reiki on somebody i just know where to take move my hands like i just let oh my hands want to feel like they want to go here now yeah you know and they might have said oh you know like I'm sore, like my shoulder, but then I'll work directly on the shoulder, but I'll just feel other places where I need to go. Mm. Right. Just following that energy. Follow the energy and follow your intuition of where you need to go next. So sometimes there might even be an order of release. So you might even be able to tune in. Oh, okay. This person has this shoulder, but you know what? I think I need to start on the left calf. Mm. Like just open up to that possibility Mm. and you might be, find a, faster route possibly exactly mm-hmm. it's fascinating mm-hmm. it's a never-ending story for sure yeah and it, working every, with the body oh energies and tied up muscles and mm-hmm. circulation it just goes to all oh yeah you know it's just you can't ever stop learning it's just too much right exactly <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's interesting i love it well i sure appreciate you coming in today oh well thanks for having yeah. me it was fun to you yeah, know, chat just, and get to know you more yeah yeah. Yeah. um so probably the next thing you want to work on is uh the coaching thing so how can people get a hold of you if they um well this one's yeah well they can try and find me online and i can spell my name if people want to listen if they've listened (laughs) all the way through this podcast but it's um m as in mary e n as in nancy a k a and my last name is Charon, C-H-A-R-A-N, as in Nancy. And so I'm at menicacharon.com. 
Um, you might be able to find me even just with my first name and just put life coach. Okay. Uh, physical therapist. Um, since I have a slightly unusual name in that combination of what I do, you might people might be able to find me that oh, way. We'll put a link to that right at the bottom of this one too also so okay, they can just cool. link it and they'll be part of the description and everything else oh, cool. so thank you they won't have to necessarily listen to it till the end of the yeah, podcast yeah because be like you oh know, god they covered everything up. unless they want to be super like you know touch all those <laughs> subjects we went on sure right <laughs> skip around yeah perfect well thank you so much yeah well thank you okay i'll talk to you soon all right thanks, thanks.